Hello, and welcome to the Shea Hates Everything podcast, where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay, and today, I hate traveling with my six-week-old daughter. And my name is Kyle, and today, I hate that it took me working 17 and a half hours in a single day to realize all of the shit that I've been bottling up for the past few months. That's a long time to work. It is. It's also a long time to bottle things up. <laughs> Tell me, fair. where did you go with your six-year-old daughter? Well, we haven't gone anywhere yet. It is oh. impending. It is an impending hate. We are going to a wedding this weekend, and Ooh. my wife is a bridesmaid, and so it. I mean, it's like two hours away. So Ooh. we are driving. It's going to be our first experience, like with a long drive with yeah. my daughter. Because Kelly went um, this past weekend with her mom to, like, Trader Joe's, and it was, like, a half hour away. And she was like, that was too far to go. And now we're going two hours away. <laughs> so, And to make matters worse, like, we're going to have her at the rehearsal dinner. And then on the day of the wedding, obviously, my wife has a lot of responsibilities as a bridesmaid. I am not in the wedding. So guess who's taking care of Penny all day? Hell yeah. <laughs> Me. Papa Shay. Kelly's mom's like, hey, we'll help out, and that's great, but at the end of the day, I'm still her father, and I need to be the one to take care of her, so yeah. I'm probably just going to use it as an excuse to hang out in the hotel room all day long, which sounds pretty okay. Yeah, uh, it does. Yeah, it's going to be, um, it's going to certainly be an experience. Well, I mean, we is there originally... anybody else there that you particularly care to, like, interact with? I mean, it's just, a, it's all my wife's friends. So, no. People... <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I like a lot of the husbands slash boyfriends. Okay. And I, I, I'm going to be at the wedding. It's just I'm going to be in and out of the wedding probably. And right. And especially at the the ser- or, um, the uh, reception and stuff, I'm going to, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to play it by ear. The actual wedding venue is, like, a half hour away from the hotel, so it's not super easy. Like, I can't bail and leave Kelly there. Right. Because then I have to come back. So, I don't know. I'm, I have anxiety about this weekend, primarily because I am the one that's going to be responsible for everything. Yeah. But it's part of being a parent. True. You got this. Which has invaded all aspects of my life, unsurprisingly. But uh, Does that? Yeah. Um, we, we should say, I should, you know, um, first address, this is going up a day late and, and many dollars short. short. So, oh, I mean, we may- dude. <laughs> Same. We're we're brothers. We're brothers. I was going to add that we make zero dollars on this podcast, so we are many, many dollars short. Um, Just stuff going on this weekend. Couldn't find the time. It happens. It has become even more difficult to schedule. One, because you have a lot of stuff going on with multiple jobs, and me, I'm a dad. And so it is not super easy to find three hours where I can say, all right, Kelly, be a single mom, especially on it. Like we're recording this Monday evening when I I have gotten home from work. She has already been here with Penny all day long by herself. And I'm asking her to do that yet more. So she's the best for letting me do it. But it isn't always easy to schedule. But we are here. Oh, yeah. We're 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 doing the podcast. Um, Also belated free comic book day and May the 4th. Star Wars Day to everyone. It and was, Cinco uh, de Mayo. And Cinco de Mayo, yes. That is less relevant to this podcast, I would say, than Free Comic yeah. Book Day slash Star Wars Day. True. Um, although I know we have at least one listener in Mexico. Hey. 
uh, Ola. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. Um, I am. I'm like a. My brain is a melting pot. Yes, obviously. Of Tons bad of ideas. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it, it was feel like it's a good opportunity to. Obviously, we had a ton of Star Wars news last episode just because the Star Wars celebration had happened. And um, I actually went to Free Comic Book Day on Saturday. I have not gone in a couple of years because I was. I lived like relatively close to a comic book store that I liked, but I just. I wasn't invested enough and, and I always forgot that it happened. And I, th- I think you might have actually texted me about it because otherwise I would have forgotten again. But I ended up going and it was super packed. Like, there was a line out the door of people waiting for their free comics. Um, And so I got three free comics. I picked up the Stranger Things free comic book day comic, which was really terrible. It was, like, six pages of them just, like, just talking about the aftermath of season one. Like, nothing even happened in it. Yeah. And then the second half of the comic was some other random comic book series black hammer i think it's called that i didn't even read because i didn't care and then i also picked up the avengers which seemed like it was avengers are coming out of some big event because i was very lost i had no idea like it was a bunch of avengers characters but not not actual familiar characters like thor was that um i always forget what it is but that like creature thor he looks like a big demon guy. Weird. You might not even understand. But I don't. Yeah, it was it was very confusing and I clear I was like I missed a lot of stuff here, so I didn't get that much out of that. And then I also picked up they had a free Batman issue, which I got because the cover of it was shiny and it looked really Heck cool. Yeah. And I assumed it was going to be a free comic book day one-off Batman story, but it was actually a regular issue of Batman that they were just giving for free. Okay. And it was like issue 369. So I've not read that yet. My assumption is I'm also going to be lost because it's probably like in the middle of a story. So have you perchance was... not read the other 368 right. issues? Uh, I mean, I've read a lot of issues of Batman, but certainly not that many, and certainly none in the past two years, probably. Yeah. Uh, and then I bought a bunch of stuff. So because it was Star did. Wars Day, I felt like I had to buy some Star Wars comics. So I caught up a little bit. On Star Wars stuff, I'm not even I'm not even caught up reading my Star Wars comics that I own. Right, but I still went and bought more. Yeah, that's <laughs> so now what I'm you do. less caught up. This is uh, what you do. Yeah, so I and bought just the you. second this, I, I, you the royal you. you. Yes, every everyone. I bought um, Poe Dameron the second trade, which I did read the first trade already, so that I can I can read. There you go. I bought Doctor Afra trade four. Which I think I am also caught up on. I think I can read that one. And then I got Dark- Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, Volume 4. Yeah. Which I have not read any of those yet. I got the first three for Christmas and I have not read them. Same. Also got the first three, have not read them. I think I have all four. Mm-hmm. I have not read um, any of them. And I also picked up Star Wars Thrawn. Which is just a six issue adaptation of the Thrawn book. Okay. The Timothy Zahn book. So I'm curious to check that out. I have not read the book. But I figured this would be an easy way to do it. Uh, and then non-Star Wars related, because I was like, you know what? I'm here. Might as well spend way more money than I should. Yeah. I bought Oblivion Song, the new Robert Kirkman book. Yes. I got the first trade of that. It's pretty I good. I got... Um, it looked interesting. I flipped through it, and I was like, okay, this looks 
interesting enough. Yeah. And it was it's ten bucks because it's Im- or um, or no, I guess it is an image. Maybe I got it anyway, but I probably only picked it up because it wasn't like sixteen dollars. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. And I got the eighth trade of Saga, which is the again the most recent one that I don't have. And then I also got the first trade of Jupiter's Legacy, which is Mark Millar, his like Millar verse. Jupiter's Legacy and Jupiter something else. I don't remember. But it's about, like, superheroes that uh, are now aged. And then there's another one that's a prequel about those. So it's about these, like, old superheroes and their kids who are, like, teenagers or, like, young adults. I haven't read it yet. Okay. I'm making assumptions. Do they also have powers? Do you know? I don't know. No okay. idea. It'll be a surprise. And then there's... There's another one that's in the same universe that is the adult superheroes, but when they are younger, kind of like their coming of age or whatever. So, obviously, like, I've heard a ton of good things about the Jupiter Circle. That's what it is. Jupiter's Legacy and Jupiter's Circle are the two, but they're both in the same universe. And that is Image. I got It was 10 bucks. So, I was like, you know what? I always hear people talk about this. I like Mark Millar. It's $10. Sure, I'll take the first one. And I think they're only, like, four or five. Go ahead and add that to my list. Add that to your list. So I will read all of those eventually. Uh, I still have other, like, new comics that I haven't read. Like, I have the first trade of Paper Girls. I have the first trade of... I think it's called, like, Black Magic or something that I just picked up on a whim because yeah. it was $10 and it looked cool. Yeah. So I have a lot of those kinds of, like, I was just like, yeah, sure, let me check this out. And then I never read them. So instead, I also bought... The Ultimate Spider-Man Mega Trade, the yes. first one, which is like the first 13 issues or whatever. Ultimate Spider-Man, best Spider-Man. Like, I think there are like eight Mega Trades of that. And I've I've read Ultimate Spider-Man, obviously, several times. It's amazing. And I was just browsing around, and I was like, you know what? I will eventually... Like, I want to own these. I borrowed them from a friend of mine, so I don't own them. Let me own them. I want to reread those. So I spent $27 on penny a trade that I've read before. So, yeah, got a lot of comics. Um, I will get around to reading them at some point. <laughs> right now, they're just sitting in my garage. Yeah. So uh, did you celebrate Free Comic Book Day? I did not. I was working all day. That's a bummer. Uh, 17 and a half hours. Ah, uh, I see. So that was the re- that was the frustrated realization that you had is that you need more comic books. <laughs> yeah, in your life. yeah, not quite. Not and actually, comics. the realization didn't really hit me until the following morning when I woke up. Um, mm-hmm. But all right, so we rent out the theater. It's how we have a budget. Mm-hmm. It's my third job. Um, but it's through the school. Yes, through the school. Because um, the school does not give the theater program money. We rent out the theater and like that's what generates our funds they give us some stipends for uh, support staff but that's it um so it's how we generate funds this particular group is uh an annual rental and they kind of have this like it's a cultural a cultural group in the area and they have uh like a yearly celebration where like because they do like a lot of donations to charity and they do all these fundraising things um for their particular cultural community um and they kind of have this big event every year and this year was their 25th anniversary so it was a little bit bigger they wanted to do a little Mm -hmm. more things this group also uh is notoriously disorganized and i think it's a cultural thing but it's like no one is ever in charge like the person who was Mm -hmm. in charge nobody really listens to 
Okay. Because, like, they're all doctors and engineers and, like, physicists and shit. And, like, like why would they listen to anybody? Because they're all clearly the smartest all, person in the fucking room. They're all smarter than each other. Yeah, they're all very rude. Um, the, the people that I have come into contact with. And I think it's a cultural thing. I don't think they're intending to be rude. I think it's just how they communicate, the way they were raised, and the way their culture works. They are very rude and selfish. Um, Let's in not certain pass ways. judgment on the entire group of people. No, these like, specific people are are rude. But like, even the patrons, like I've okay, like I, over a thousand people across the several years that I've been working, and like this is it's not just it's not really just this group because I do multiple events of this particular culture, and it's like outside of this event, other things like they're just they're fucking rude people. Um. I'm sure there are a lot of very nice people from that culture. Uh, I have not found many of them yet. However, uh, that aside, uh, thinly veiled racism aside. So I not like, not even veiled at all. <laughs> well, <laughs> no I'm not veil. saying the name of the culture is why it's thinly veiled. Um, <sighs> and it, it's just. I'm sorry. It comes from a place of frustration, and I don't want to name the culture. Let's talk about this event. Let's talk about the event. Yes, I just I don't want to offend anybody because I'm sure everyone listening is a super awesome, nice person, Um, or no super awesome, nice people. So they were contracted to be in at 9 a.m. and leave at 11:30 p.m. That's a long time. Like that's Mm -hmm. a that's a big chunk of time. And I know this group is disorganized, and so I was like, hey, you know what, like. This is, they need to be out. And I communicated that to them. Like, you need to be out at 1130. You need to file your contracted time. If you go late, it's going to be bad. Like, for me and for all of the people that are stuck there while you're there. And, like, so please have your things, like, your ducks in a row this time. And so they sent me this itinerary. And it was like, oh, they come and they set up. And then they start their show at 330. And then the show runs till 7. And they have a two-hour break for catering. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then at 9, their headliner comes on. And he plays, they play for two hours, and then they strike and they leave by 11.30. So, I was like, okay. A half hour to strike? Yeah, so, like, during the headliner, they're cleaning up all the catering. Okay. And then it's just a half hour to pull all their equipment out and boom, go, and it's fine. And that's, most groups are able to do that. I was like, okay, even if they push over by a quarter hour, it's not a big deal. In my head, I'm like, as long as they're gone by midnight, I'm not mm-hmm. going to, like, go on a murder spree mm-hmm. of frustration. Um because I've I've stayed till midnight on certain events before. It's happened like twice, and it it just it happens. Like people go a little bit over. They have late events scheduled anyways, and it just happens. Like it, fifteen minutes, thirty minutes. It like it, it's hard to accurately predict the length of something without a rehearsal. So, because uh, there is no rehearsal for this, by the way. Um, so three thirty rolls around. They have not started. Um, there's this whole laundry list of things that happened. They were supposed to bring volunteers. They brought the volunteers and then two of them disappeared. So I wound up on spotlight while my student was working light board. And then, uh, lighting, the lighting and sound designer was working the soundboard. Their other two volunteers were backstage helping there. Um, so I, I'm not supposed to work stations cause it's not my freaking job. I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. be walking around managing this, all these, these like people, um, making sure they're following our rules and whatnot. So I wasn't able to do that because I'm stuck up on the spotlight because two mm-hmm. of their volunteers ran off and God knows where. So it's 4 o'clock now and the show starts. So they're half hour mm-hmm. late already. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like, yep. But they have a two-hour buffer for catering. Like, 
they gave themselves a buffer. That's what this is for. Um, like six o'clock rolls around and I'm looking at the thing and I'm like, we're on like item number 10 of 35. Yeah. It's been two hours. They're supposed to be done in an hour, hour and a half. If like we count the half hour, they started late. So I'm like trying to find someone who knows what's going on. There's a stage manager in the back who's with the group, but she doesn't really know. She's like, yeah, no, we just have to get through it. We have to get through it, whatever. So seven o'clock hits when they're supposed to be done. And we're only on like Mm -hmm. item number 20 of like 35. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hey, this is bad. Right. What are we going to do? And so what they said is we're going to play through and then like people can step out and get a bite to eat, but we're going to keep going. Which, like, for me, I had my student volunteer scheduled from 2 to 8. Because, like, get there an hour and a half before we start so she can help set up and I can get her trained. And then give her an hour buffer. She should have time to get food, whatever. Like, that was my thinking. Like, 2 to 8, that's a nice responsible thing for me to do. That was a good time frame. Now, like, she doesn't have time to go get food. So what I did is... I said, hey, you're not going to have a spotlight for the rest of the night because I'm sending her to get food. She's going to go home. I'm going to run bored. It's like, yeah, whatever. So I send her out. So she didn't have to stay late. And it is now, it runs till 10 o'clock. Hmm. It was supposed to be 3.30 to 7. That's three and a half hours. It ran yeah. from 4 to 10. It was six yeah. hours. And then, because they're running so late, Headliner was supposed to be on an hour ago. They just directly roll into the Headliner. So, right. like, what the lighting design and sound design guy was supposed to have an, two hours to set up, he has to do in 15 minutes. And he does it because he's awesome. amazing. He does all of our stuff, too. He's fantastic. He knows what he's doing. Same guy who did all the stuff when you were in school, Shay. Um, mm. But, like, so we rolled directly into that. And then, like, so now it's, like, 10.15 and the headliner's finally getting started an hour and 15 minutes late. I haven't had a break. I've been going since, like, 3.45, 4. And it's mm-hmm. now like ten fifteen. I've not had a chance to use the bathroom yet, um, and like I haven't eaten since before one o'clock. And now it's like ten something. And I'm getting kind of hungry. I got to use the bathroom. So I, while mm-hmm. he sets up, I run and use the bathroom. Come back. We start the headliner, and it's just like this. The series of events is so ridiculous. Like thankfully, thankfully my student got to go home, but it's just like the gall. Like, they, just, they don't think. They don't think. Like, it's just, oh, Kyle's here, and he's going to take care of it, and he's going to do his thing, and right. he's just going to make it happen for us. Because that's what I do every year. I just I solve problems, and I make it happen. And it's very frustrating, but I always get it done, and that's why they like coming here, because they know I'm going to be here to help solve their problems. But there were too many problems to solve. <laughs> like, it, was, <laughs> it was broken. It was a whole horrible mess. Like, no planning. And then the guy in charge, the guy in charge comes up to me at 11.15 and says, oh, Kyle, you know, I think I like pulled something in my back earlier this week, so my back really hurts, so I'm going to go home. So like, you're going to leave me here with all of your people that you're responsible for. Your name's on the fucking contract, bro. You're going to leave me here with all those people because you're tired and you want to go home and you're sick of this. That's why. Mm -hmm. And so he left. And I, I said, hey. It is now 11.15. You're contracted at 11.30. You guys leave by midnight. You are leaving by midnight. And there's going to be overage charges for the half hour. Yes. 
And he said, yeah, okay, no, 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 absolutely. I'm putting this person in charge, the stage manager lady who's backstage. I'm putting her in charge, and she'll take care of everything. Like, whatever the cost is, we'll pay it. It's fine. Because these people are all fucking doctors, and, like, they ha- like what what they're paying us. Like, all right. Right. It, Sounds like you guys pittance. need to charge them more money. Well, that's the thing. all the is, extra work that you're doing. Like, they should be charged more money, but if we increase our rates too much, like all the little dance groups and stuff that we also make right. revenue off of, like they wouldn't be able to afford it anymore and they go other places. Well, so, then just increase the overages. I, that's what we're going to be doing. So yeah. I, this year I made new articles in our contract for like, hey, if employees, like support staff stay late, they get time and a half for non-contracted hours. Mm-hmm. And now I have to add one that says if we stay past midnight, because I didn't leave until one fifteen in the morning awesome they the headliner played until 12 15 and then they took about an hour 45 minutes or so to get out and then it took me another right. 15 to lock up and leave i did not leave the building until 1 15 in the morning i had not eaten i had not eaten <laughs> for over 12 hours i had not yep. had a break since like three it was awesome. fucking ridiculous, and it was really upsetting and overwhelming. And it wasn't just me; it was like the lighting and sound designer guy was stuck there too, and our custodian was stuck there too. Like he wasn't okay. contracted for those hours, but he has to help lock up and clean up after all these people, so he was stuck there too. So I went and talked to the assistant principal and the principal today, and we came up with some what we feel is fair um, for fines and stuff. And then, and then. They walk off with one of our microphones on accident. Sweet. So they have to bring it back tomorrow on Tuesday. Yeah. And it's just and then and then in the women's dressing room we have like boxes of makeup and stuff that are set off to the side because no one's supposed to touch them because they're our property and have like our names on them. Mm-hmm. Um like it has like the name of the high school on the box. Why would you open it? So like bec- like I can't go in the dressing rooms anyway even if I was free to like walk around and monitor. But, like, I went in there after the show, and their kids had gotten into the makeup boxes, and they drew in makeup all over our makeup tables. Wow. Sounds like some extra fines. And no and no parents, like, cleaned it up or told them yeah. no. And it's just, like, it's baffling. So, Shay, please, God, you are a parent. Do not let your kid do any of the shit that these people let their kids do. And it... Well, it's all it's Duh. every single one of them dude like it's something like they just let their kids go wild every single one of them i've never seen one of those adults chastise one of their children i've been doing this for 6 years and i have worked events with this culture at least over 30 times in those 6 years i've not once seen an adult chastise a child without me prompting them to you need to start doing it Start laying down some backhands. I have. I have. Like, well, not backhands, but like, because. No, back on the parents. I'm not talking about oh, kids. Yeah. Start laying down to. some backhands on the parents. <laughs> it's like, it's, I cannot begin to describe the level of frustration. I was, the only word for it when I got home is I was distraught. <laughs> um, well, it sounds like you guys just need to start charging them, charging them more money. Yeah, and then you'll either it'll either be worth your time or it will make them not waste your time as much. Yeah, it's really something, dude. It's really something. 
Um, also, I, I feel like I forgot to talk about it on the previous episode, but maybe I didn't. Maybe I did talk about it, so I'll just say it very quickly. The father of one of my kids, um, theater kids, uh, is starting a Pathfinder uh, podcast because there's like a new edition of Pathfinder that's coming out. It's supposed to be a big deal, I guess. Pathfinder is mm-hmm. an offshoot of D and D. Um, like I think it's like D and D second edition or maybe first edition Pathfinder like took those rules and kind of built its own like deal with them, its own kind of version of the universe. Right. Um, and it's like licensed and stuff. So um, they're doing this podcast, and so he asked me to do voiceover work for their intro. So I did that, and I guess they really liked it. I did a few takes of their intro that they had written, sent me a script, and I. Read that, and then I guess I'm the intro for their podcast, which is kind of neat. Nice. Yeah. What's the What's the podcast? Uh, I don't remember what they said the name is because they were kind of like deciding what the name was going to be. Okay. They haven't like published the episode yet or right, anything. Right, right. But the well, when it goes live, make sure you have the name. We can plug it. Yeah, I want to find out. Um, from the you should the also dad. have them plug ours <laughs> <laughs> hey our intro voiceover does this really horrible like just the most negative crap well it didn't have the one to guy be who, he's the one Until guy who did our voiceover on a is a horrible minute. racist yeah it wouldn't have been negative if you didn't like our negativity is fun and then you go on a 15 minute rant that has nothing to do with video games I'm or anything sorry. we talk about. I'm sorry to burden everyone <laughs> with that. I just, like, it's what's in me right now, and I just have to purge it. It's so terrible. It was yeah. a bad day, dude. Sometimes I totally understand the need to purge when you have things in you. Like, I just had a, a couple of hot dogs, and boy, I'm going to be purging them in about an hour and a half when we're done with this podcast. Oh, so you t- we got a timetable here. <laughs> got to wrap it yeah, this up. Is a, this is a shorter episode than normal. You know why. Uh, speaking of, let's dive into some stuff. Sure. Um, so, as I mentioned, and I feel like it's really easy for me to be like, I'm a dad now. And that's just kind of like my carte blanche excuse that, I don't do hardly anything anymore, but (laughs) I actually did do some, like, I went and saw two movies at the theater in the past two weeks. My wife wasn't super pumped about me doing those (laughs) things, but she allowed it to happen. So I actually went and saw, because Avengers Endgame came out, I had had not seen Captain Marvel yet. So I I was like, I need to go see see Endgame, but I can't see Endgame until I go see Captain Marvel. So it's still playing in the theater, thankfully. So I went on a Sunday morning, got my nice cheap Sunday morning ticket, crossed my fingers that the, like, farting, tooting guy from Wonder Woman and Doctor Strange or whatever (laughs) wasn't there. The Phantom Movie Theater Menace? (laughs) Yes. Phantom of the Movie Theater Uh. Menace. Look up that old episode if you haven't listened to it. It's It's a fun story. But uh, he was not there, praise the Lord. There were only, like, three other people in the theater. Because everyone was seeing Avengers Endgame that right. weekend, and here I am seeing Captain Marvel. But, um, yeah, I, I'm i almost, like, I'm frustrated at the trailers for that movie. Because seeing the trailer, I was like, boy, Brie Larson just looks very flat and uninteresting. Like, she looks like a non-character in this movie. And that was, like, bumming me out and making me not excited at all to see it. And it wasn't 
at all. Like, she was really good in it. I thought the characterization was a little inconsistent. Like, her personality changed a lot. But, um... She was at least interesting. Like she was pretty sarcastic. I heard and, like, she does the Emma Watson eyebrows. Um, maybe. I I didn't I didn't jump out at me the way it does with Emma Watson. Okay. I think Brie Larson is definitely a better actress than Emma Watson. I believe but, that. Uh, like in in the even the story did some surprising things that as a big comic book nerd I did not expect whatsoever. Because like the story is about. You know, Captain Marvel getting her powers from Marvel, who was a Kree, and that's how she got her powers, and deals with the Skrulls, which are these shape shifting villains in the Marvel universe. That there was this big event in Marvel several years ago about the Skrulls, because like the whole thing is like anybody could be a Skrull, and so you can't trust anyone, blah, blah, blah. Like there was a lot of fun about that. And then also because it takes place in the 90s, like, Nick Fury was the secondary character in this. Like, a young Nick Fury, which was really fun. Who played uh, him? To see him. Samuel Jackson. They just kind of oh. CG'd up his face to look him a little, look younger. And I didn't, I thought it was very believable. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was, I was, like, really pleasantly surprised in the movie. I wouldn't say it was, like blow you away amazing especially this is like this was what the 21st marvel movie when it came out uh but i i i enjoyed it way more than i anticipated that i would okay and then avengers endgame like after i came out of that movie the very end of it predictably ties into endgame and like how captain marvel gets back into the story of of endgame and so coming out of the theater i was like even more hyped up for endgame because of it and so I was looking at the showtimes, and I was like, oh, a, a showtime for Endgame starts in two hours. <laughs> and I'm, like, texting my wife, like, hey, so, well, maybe I would stay and watch it. Like, do you think you could do that? <laughs> and she was being, like, cool about it. But then I was like, you know what? That's that's too long. Like, I would be in almost an entire day where a weekend day, which is normally when my wife gets her breaks. Right. Um, I try to make sure, like, on every Saturday she either gets to take a nap or she gets to leave the house and go somewhere. That's yeah. what I try to facilitate. So I didn't want to be gone a whole Sunday. So I didn't do that. But she let me go a couple days later in the evening. Uh, I got very lucky because, like, all the showtimes were sold out. And I randomly, in the they're like, it's not IMAX, but it's a bigger screen than normal. Was able to go and got, like, a perfect seat, like, right in the middle. Second row on, like, the second level, which is right where you want to sit. And it must have just been luck because people on either side were in like groups of twos or threes or fours. And so this one random seat was by itself. And most people don't go see movies by themselves on a Wednesday evening. <laughs> but that's what I do now, apparently. Yeah. So uh, before. Um, so anyway, that, that Sunday when I didn't go see Endgame. I went home and I was like, hmm, I'm wa- I was watching Penny. I think Kelly was like taking a nap or taking a shower or something. So I was like, OK, I need something else to do here. And Avengers Infinity War is on Netflix. I was like, you know what? I'm all hyped up on the Marvel stuff. Let's keep this happy times going. So I rewatched Infinity War, um, which was just like, it wasn't necessary to rewatch it to like get Endgame, but it was like just a fun, keep my Marvel high going. And then I did see Endgame on Wednesday evening. I think it was this past week. Um, and I described it to a friend of mine as it felt like a long like satisfied sigh in a very positive way. Like just a release of this 10 year 22 film build that's been happening. And just the way that things resolved, it just felt like 
nice and like calm and good the way that it ends. Does Hawkeye and die? If we're, I'm not. I'm not gonna. It's way too early to talk about spoilers. We're not talking about spoilers. Hey, nod or shake your head. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I it's probably like if someone wants to see Endgame, they will have already seen it. But I still don't want to cross that that borderline of, yeah. of talking about spoilers. I just want to because I was gonna do my bit where I don't like Jeremy yes. Renner, and I was right. gonna say, hey, if he dies, I'll go see the movie. But if he doesn't, I'm not gonna go see the movie. I was gonna do yes. that bit, but but maybe even too soon. even giving that is a spoiler in of itself. So right, I guess. That's why, like, we'll I, I started to, to do the bit, and I was like, wait, I can't right. do the bit. Because <laughs> that still spoils it. <laughs> so I figured uh, I'll just talk about the bit. Yes. Uh, th- things are always more hilarious when you explain them. Well, yeah, if you can't um, say a joke, just explain it. <laughs> right. It's, 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 like, it's just like it. It's the same experience. Uh, I feel like if it was up to me... And this is without spoiling specific events of the movie. But if it was up to me based on the resolution, like in a, I would want them to be like, that's the end. And this is the end of Marvel films. And then in six years or whatever, we'll reboot it and tell new stories. But like, this is the end of Avengers. It's the end of the Marvel movies. It was that satisfying and like had that, I mean, it's a combination of closure while still allowing other stories to happen. Like not every character dies or lives happily ever after. It's not that kind of cheesy ending, but uh, it just felt so complete. Like everything feels complete now. I, I don't need to see more Marvel movies, I guess is my point. Realistically, there was no way that was ever going to happen. Yeah. I feel like in, in, in the real world, the perfect scenario is give us a break for a year. Like, no new trailers, no new movie announcements, and then, like, next year at Comic-Con is when you unveil the future of Marvel post-Avengers Endgame. But even that couldn't happen because Spider-Man Far From Home comes out in two months. Like, they had already had trailers for that and talked about that, blah, blah, blah. There was a new trailer that actually just came out today, Monday, the day that we're recording this, that uh, starts with Tom Holland like, hey, if you haven't seen Endgame, don't watch this trailer. Because the whole the, the trailer, this one, is the outcome of Endgame for Peter Parker. Um, which, it's not a spoiler to say he lives because we already knew this movie was happening and saw a trailer for it. So obviously he lives. Right. But the context for how, where and how and it's taking place uh, is a lot more interesting. And I will say, like, seeing that and obviously just loving his version of Spider-Man... I'm like, okay, like I'm going to go see the new Spider-Man and I'm excited about it, but broadly I kind of just wish that we got a break. I wish that we got a break from Marvel. That that's really the key point just because it was so satisfying and it's been so building for so long. But as like a resolution to this story, I I could not have asked for a better ending. I think the actual events of the movie are not my favorite because I feel like it relies on some storytelling tropes that aren't my favorite. And I can give you Kyle details on that if you're curious outside of the podcast. But for folks that have seen the movie, like there's one trope that happens in the movie that the entire story hinges on that. I just don't, I just don't like it as a storytelling device. So that kind of dampened it a little bit for me, but uh, yeah, Avengers Endgame, It was uh, about all that you could hope for. Um, because to try to go back and change and like, oh, I wish this would have been different could lead you down a very dark path of it being 
shitty, so I don't want to touch it. I just want to leave it as it is. Sure. Um, speaking of, I, I that transition is directly into Game of Thrones, which not going to talk about specifics of it, but um, boy, it sucks ass. Like this season is not even close. The worst season of the show. Episode four of six aired last night, Sunday night, and I was actively bored watching it. Not and, and because the writing is bad, it is extremely predictable. There is no tension, and the main like Kyle, you know, the main story of Game of Thrones that they tease in the beginning, and then it becomes everything the show is about is the White Walkers. Right, like it's always this impending threat. And for the last two seasons, it's been like, okay, shit is actually happening with the White Walkers. The way season seven ended is the White Walkers are now in Westeros. They break through the wall. Shit is hitting the fan. This is the story moving forward. And then in episode three, it's the it's the big final confrontation with the White Walkers. And it was such a shitty episode. And just ends like Arya kills the main dude. And then all of them, like all the other White Walkers just die. And that's the end of it. And there are still two more episodes. Maybe they'll talk about the why or the how a little bit, but I don't think they will. So then, at the end of the day, the White Walkers had no story. Like, they're just marching down to kill everyone, and they're zombies. The end. Like, there's no larger motivation. There's no larger tie-in to any mystery or mystical, fantastical nature about the magic and the dragons and everything. They're just zombies. And the main dude is the main zombie, and you killed him, and all the other zombies died. The end. So not only was that unbelievably bad for a resolution to this main story that you're building, but the whole time you're saying, this is the story that matters. The White Walker story is the thing that matters. The whole who's going to sit on the Iron Throne, that's frivolous. When when the reality is we're all going to fucking die, who sits on the Iron Throne does not matter. And then the whole we're all going to fucking die story is addressed. And then they're like, okay, here are three more episodes about who's going to sit on the Iron Throne. So like everything they set up is that this story doesn't matter. And now that's the story that's left. And so I'm just like, it's such a, a a complete letdown. And there are two episodes left, but at this point, literally zero faith that anything can get back, get that magic, metaphorical and literal magic back in the show. It sucks so much. But in the first couple episodes of the season, I thought it was very boring. There was no story. It was two episodes of everyone just sitting at Winterfell waiting for the White Walkers to come. And they're just sitting around reminiscing, talking about the stuff that's going to happen. Like, there's no story. And I was just like, okay, this is... Like, I get it, fan service. But it was so boring. And it's like two and a half hours of that. Come on. And But people were like, this was amazing. Oh, it was so cool to see these two characters say this. Oh, I remember that moment that they talked about. And I was like, internet, come on, guys. You're better than this. But then after the White Walkers episode, the big battle episode, people were still like, oh, dude, that was so epic. Like, so many big moments. What a crazy ending to it. And I was like, guys, come on. Catch on to this. It's terrible. But after last night's episode, the resolution to his story and, like, how they're building up and changing the character of Daenerys. Like, they just, like, flipped a switch and she's crazy now. It's really fucking dumb and terrible. And there's no tension. It's so predictable. But now everybody has finally turned on the show. 
where they're like, okay, that episode was unbelievably bad. And I hate to say it. It's kind of sick to say it, but it feels very validating to me (laughs) of like, I've been telling you guys it sucks. And now finally people are coming around to the fact that the season has been bad. So I think there needs to be a rule going forward for drama shows. No drama show is allowed to go more than five seasons, period. It's a law. Because what drama show that goes longer than five seasons has a good ending? People throw out The Wire, which is a classic. Six Feet Under went six seasons. I think six seasons. And had a great ending. But like all the other classics, Dexter, Sons of Anarchy, um, Sopranos, all of those shows that went several a couple more years, their endings were all fucking terrible. Because eventually you run out of shit. Yeah. And then it becomes, oh, what can we do? What, how can we be crazy and top everything? And it, not, it becomes not about characters, not about storytelling. It becomes about creating big drama moments. And that's not good television. So Game of Thrones law passed in 2019. No more shows are allowed to go past five seasons. It's interesting the things you say about how like the White Walkers are like the big... And I have to be careful. My wife is sitting next to me. She's currently watching uh-huh. the show. The, how like tell her to stop after season five. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Shay says don't bother watching the new season. Um, it's interesting how you say that. Like the the big thing is the White Walkers, and how that kind of builds. Like that's in the background, right? But like everyone knows, yes. and they're like it kind of it lends like an air of frivolity to all the Iron Throne stuff that's going on, right? And then because you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop on that stuff, and it's like okay, how are they actually going to react when shit does hit the fan? in this, like, mythical, biblical way, um, and how, like, they didn't really execute on that, because I've been reading um, Mark Lawrence's... uh, So Mark Lawrence wrote the Prince of Thorns, King of Thorns, Emperor of Thorns trilogy, and he wrote a sister, a concurrent trilogy, which is uh, Prince of Fools, The Liar's Key, and The Wheel of Osheim. Um, I just finished that trilogy, and it kind of does the same thing. How over both Mm. those two trilogies, there's like this big kind of thing brewing in the background. And you kind of get hints of it in the first trilogy, the Prince of Thorns trilogy. But then they really more directly address it in the second trilogy. But they really make good on the, hey, like, this shit is going bad. And, like, some people are trying to ignore the fact that it's going bad and, like, still squabbling over this stuff. Right. But then there are other people that are like, why are we fighting about this when this other shit is going so horribly terribly? Um, right. And there's like, they really make, Mark Lawrence really makes good on, on that in a way that it sounds like Game of Thrones doesn't. Um, oh, it certainly doesn't. So, and like, I still, because it's a different medium, it is a book, there's way more that you can dive into. Yeah. Like, I mean, for a couple of reasons, I still have faith that the novels of Game of Thrones, assuming George R. R. Martin doesn't die before he finishes them. I still have faith that that resolution will be satisfying one, because it is a book. It can dive into more, but two, he's better at this than the people that do game of Thrones. And that became abundantly clear. The second the show moved beyond where the books were is where it fell off the rails. Like literally the, the, the next episode when they started coming up with their own story is where the writing and the scripting and the plotting and the narrative and the characters all took a nosedive. Like it was such a harsh cliff that they fell off that, that at least makes me still excited to see how George R. R. Martin will resolve this story. Assuming he ever does. Yeah. So if you're feeling burned on, 
Game of Thrones, maybe check out Mark Lawrence's books. <laughs> yeah, I will say the vast majority of Game of Thrones viewers are not people that would read fantasy books. True. But maybe they're like, maybe even if it's a small percentage of the audience. Yeah, I, I will just say like the main characters in both of those trilogies are so different and yet in some really fascinating ways they are exactly the same Mm. and there's a really fun moment i'm not gonna mention it but there's a really fun moment that kind of plays with those similarities and differences both kind of simultaneously um man mark lawrence he's fucking good dude he's a good writer he knows what he's doing like compelling characters holy moly Anyways. If, there, if there was one thing that would best surmise how I feel about Game of Thrones, it's that today has been dominated on the internet by the fact that someone left a Starbucks cup in a shot during the episode. So, like, as you're watching it, sitting, like, there's a whole scene that's happening with John where he's interacting with people and Danny's in the background kind of staring at him. And there's a big starbucks cup no way yes on the table in front of her and i'm not gonna say like i'm not gonna be like oh well that proves the show sucks because that happens all the time yeah there are tons of instances of great movies where where there have been mistakes this one i feel like should have been a little more obvious than some of the other ones like oh a random you can see a boom mic in the background or oh in the reflection of a mirror you can see the cameraman this is a starbucks cup that's sitting on a table in the in the shot wow the reaction to that and uh, I made a Facebook post about it, which, Kyle, you can't see since you're not on Facebook. And I won't repeat the whole thing here. But, boy, I came up with, like, 25 different puns about that <laughs> Starbucks cup being there. About, I, yeah, I won't even go into them. But uh, I, I, had, I had a good time getting out my Game of Thrones frustration on that specific moment. So uh, if you watch Game of Thrones and you did not notice it, just Google it. Just Google Game of Thrones Starbucks and it will pop up all over the place. Oh, I need to pull it is this hilarious. Up right now. <laughs> so, uh, I guess we're kind of going out of order. We'll talk about some video game stuff later. But uh, just to wrap up stuff I've been watching, we finished the league. Uh, and so we needed a new show to watch casually as we're kind of taking care of Penny. And so I started up Seinfeld. We're already through season four. Actually, just today, watched the uh, contest episode, which is. Definitely the best episode of Seinfeld. Quite possibly the best episode of any sitcom ever. This is the episode where they all have the bet about who can not masturbate the longest. Uh, and it right. is quite a good one. Master um, domain. Yes. Still watching Sons of Anarchy, which ironically, we were watching Sons of Anarchy before Game of Thrones started. And I, for a second, was like, ooh, I would rather watch... This season finale of season four of Sons of Anarchy, which I have seen eight times, then watch the new episode of Game of Thrones. So that should tell you a lot about how I'm feeling about Game of yeah. Thrones. Uh, yeah. And then uh, watching some Kitchen Nightmares still occasionally. Um, the only observation that I have made, because Kitchen Nightmares, like, it's all about fixing a restaurant, right? But it's also about fixing the people behind the restaurant, which is very, very cheesy, and it's always the same. They're always fighting and yelling at each other, and it's always family-run, which is another, like, the age-old adage, never go into business with family. But there are several episodes where it's a, a, a husband and wife that are running this restaurant together, and the restaurant's failing, and there are millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And they're like, if the restaurant doesn't make it, I don't think our marriage is going to make it. And I just want to be like... 
then your marriage shouldn't make it, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't be a victim of your circumstances. If like that, if anything should draw you closer together, that's when you need to lean on each other. Yeah. But then I had a realization like, oh, that's probably why their restaurant is failing in the first place is because their, their marriage, marriage sucks. is bad. Like they're not a good partnership. And right. so of course they're not going to be a good partnership running the business. It was a big uh, discovery moment for me that I kind of want to be like, anytime a couple says that, I'm like, well, then I want you to fail. Like, no, (laughs) I don't want I don't want your restaurant succeeding to be the only reason you stay married. It's like you have kids. You've been together for 25 years. Like, it's just like go to hell. If that's the thing that will keep you guys together, you don't deserve and should not be together. Yeah. So. Okay, I cannot you fucking been, uh, believe they left the Starbucks cup in the I know, shot. dude. It is hilarious. Holy shit. It isn't like it isn't front and center, but it's it's obvious. I didn't notice it the first it's time. It's in the I was middle watching. of the freaking yes. table, dude. I didn't I didn't yeah. notice it when I watched the episode, but to be fair, it was probably because I was trying to not fall asleep during that scene. Yeah. So that's probably why I didn't notice. But uh yeah, it's uh once you see it, it's like holy shit, how did they miss this? <laughs> Kara, you need to come <laughs> With see dozens this. dozens of people on site. You can show it to her later. We're I doing will. a podcast. I will. I just, All right, so what about you? What what have, what have you been watching and then we'll talk about some video games? Uh um I've been watching a lot of anime. <laughs> Any new ones? Uh Restaurant to Another World is a really that- fun like wholesome one. It's a it, good title. It's about like else. This, I know, right? It's very literal. Uh, it's a restaurant that has doors to another world, and it's like this fantasy world, and it's it's really fun because it's like this medieval fantasy world with like magic and dragons and all this kind of stuff, and like they step in, and it's just like this like Japanese diner, and it's this mm. dude who's like, "Hey, come on in, like grab a menu," and like he serves them all this earth food, and like I can't believe the flavor because they're like a. <laughs> like a, like a caste society like peasants and stuff and they have okay. like hard grain bread and that and like then they're having like spaghetti with meat sauce and stuff right. like that and like i can't believe the flavors it's so rich <laughs> and savory and there's all these like really like kind of like orgasmic descriptions of the food in like kind of some weird ways but it does make me very hungry and i watch it before i go to bed <laughs> so it's a force of will not to eat anything in bed while watching it yeah but that's a fun one and then um, I don't I don't know the names of the others. I just I click on them. They have a little crown <laughs> next to them on Crunchyroll, and it says "Hey, new episode." And I just click on it and I watch it. Is that what the crown signifies? Is new episode? Yeah, yeah. So. so do they have like a recommended thing? Like, oh, you've watched these, so maybe check this one out. Yeah, they do some curation, a little okay. bit. Yeah, but I, don't I know. guess it, anime is so fine. it's so broad. Yeah. Like, it'd be really, like, oh, I like this one anime. Okay, well, there are no anime like that one, because like, they're all so random and weird. It'd yeah. Be hard to but then there's also some that are, like, the exact same thing over That's and over fair. and over again. Yeah. Um, like, how many procedural cop shows have there been? Sure. There's an anime equivalent to where there have been, like, 30,000 of the exact same thing. And it's even more heinous because anime is typically like 12 or 13 episodes. It's mm-hmm. like a procedural cop drama could go on for like a couple seasons. But like this is like it's 13 uh... episodes. So it so it tells the whole story and then it's like a whole different anime that is literally the same thing with characters right. that look the same, have the same hair <laughs> and like the girl with like 
the girl with like the blank stare. I forget what the uh-huh. the term that they have for that is. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. But like the girl with like the blank stare who talks like in a monotone, like that's a character archetype that shows right. up. And it's there's yeah. But then there are like some animes that are that, but they're very self aware and they kind of make mm-hmm. fun of themselves. And like they use all like the like the meta terms for these character archetypes. They like actually call the characters those in the animes. And that's okay. kind of fun. But even that can get tired too, right? Because like now that, there's that, also a lot of animes that have done right, that that all do that same <laughs> thing now. Now they're just going to circle back. Where like now the new cool thing will be to do the same, like do that procedural version of it, but do it honestly. Yeah, and then that will be the differentiator, right? Because <laughs> so and then it'll circle back around to the like yeah. referential. Yeah, it's all cycles. Yeah. Um. So I just just watch just watch an anime, dude. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of YouTube. Giant Bomb. Hey. Oh, Giant Bomb. I, we talk about them a lot on the show because they're amazing, and it's a great website, mm-hmm. and you should support them. Um, they are having... Well, if you like their content, don't just, like, arbitrarily support them. Well, y- yes, obviously. <laughs> but also arbitrarily support them. Um, they, uh, they're having a... Um, oh, premium. That's the name of it. If you're a mm-hmm. premium subscriber to their, um, not channel, but to their like website, um, right. which means you pay to watch their content and you get access to like all the really good stuff. Um, and they're having a sale right now. So it's only $35 for a year. Normally Woo-hoo. it's 50, but when it's 50, you also get a $15 like uh, merch coupon you can use to buy something from their store. Do you have a new job where you're working for Giant Bomb? Dude, I just love Giant Bomb. Are you Bomb. in their marketing department? Like this That's my fourth job. This is job. a Giant Bomb fan cast now. Yeah. But we're going to we're going to do breakdowns of all the weekly Giant Bomb videos. Dude, can we start podcast. a new podcast? <laughs> I would I bet love you that. there is a podcast like that already. I would love I don't, that. I don't watch nearly enough Giant Bomb stuff. I don't have the time, man. They put out so much content. Yeah. I find a way. If you are if you are a if you have not seen Giant Bomb stuff before or or are vaguely familiar with them, highly recommend you watch Super Mario Party Party. Yeah, I believe those videos are all free. They have done a Mario Party group video for all of the Mario parties. They are all amazing. That game is terrible. Nobody wins. nobody wins. <laughs> all right, that's enough giant bomb. <laughs> ah, like fine, a giant bomb. whatever. You can talk <laughs> about Promo Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, so what what else have you been up to? You been playing any games? I did. I did play some games because, like, you know, we had the show, and then I didn't have the show anymore, and now I'm sad and bored. So right. I got Forager on Steam, and it's like a, a top-down 2D. Um, kind of like minecraft but not really it's more about like it's more progression based so it's like you start on this tiny little island and stuff keeps sprouting up like rocks and trees and ore and stuff and you you break them down with a pick uh and then you can like start crafting like a furnace and all this other stuff and you start making new items and then you can start generating coins and generating money and once you have enough money you can buy a new island and then you can kind of like connect them with a bridge or like okay. whatever and then, like, that new island has new types of resources. And so it's unlock. It's the new islands are part of this new progression tree. So, like, you can get new items over there and this other stuff. Like, it just it builds and builds and builds and builds. 
And I think it's random in terms of what islands, because there are different biomes, and there are several islands make up a biome. And I think it randomizes which one of those islands is in what place for that particular biome um, on each subsequent playthrough. But I think I beat it. There's only like one <laughs> thing I have left to do, and it's just going to take a lot of time, and I don't care to actually do it. Because um, sure. I've like I've beaten some of the islands have like little hints at something you should do and it gives you a big chest full of all this really good loot if you do it um other ones have like actual dungeons that you go into and like play through the dungeon and there's a boss at the end you fight the boss um and it's this 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 massive crazy progression of like it's like a tile set of skills every time you unlock a skill uh it like shows you the next two skills in the branch kind of thing and it's just basically Mm. this huge grid of tiles that you're spending points and everything you do, you level up. Um, and so you're getting stuff that helps you automate things. You're getting stuff that helps you level up faster, give you more health, more damage, unlocking new weapons to craft, and all this other kind of stuff. And then you're also like buying new islands and getting access to new things. And it's just this constant ramp up. It's paced really well. Um, I just kind of reached a point. It has a Stardew Valley thing where in Stardew there's a community center where you have to donate like all these different packages of items and once you do the whole thing like woohoo you win Stardew nice job mm. now you can keep farming I think this is kind of the same deal where there's like a museum and once you donate all of the things that you need to the museum in the right quantities then I think that's kind of how you finish the game I think okay um I just have a couple things left in one category and it's just going to take forever to do it so I'm kind of like eh I'm I got yeah. what I wanted out of it Not um I think here I can check real quick. I want to say I only played it for like oh gosh, I don't even want to say a number. Um like 10 hours. That's a good amount of time. Maybe oh no, maybe it was more than that. Forager 13 hours. Yeah. That's plenty. And it's 20 bucks on Steam. It's a fun yeah. little game. It just it has that just like the constant like, there's right. not, not a good stopping point. Like, you can stop right. at any point and save it, but there's not, like, a good stopping point. It's always a, the, one more thing. I'm almost there. Like, the the timer on this furnace ticking down, like, I'll, I'll go grab that. And then, oh, but what, now that I have that, I can uh, set some other stuff cooking. And I'll, so I just wait a little bit for that to cook. I can run over on these islands. Stuff's probably spawn mm-hmm. again. I can go and break it down. And it's, yeah. It's, it's a good loop. It is a good loop. I mean, a game, a game that'll keep you wanting to do that i mean that's pretty successful yeah and it has fun music and it's well animated cute little art style um i also played i started dishonored death of the outsider the dlc the standalone thing um i was playing it and i was like yeah this is more dishonored and then i died in the middle of a mission and then i uninstalled it because i was like i don't want to play more of this i'm done with dishonored (laughs) how much i mean did you play through both of the other both of the full games yeah I know you really liked the first one. Did you like the second one as well? It was just more of the exact same thing, and it was to the point where yeah. I was just like trying to get through the game as fast as possible. Mm. I did beat it, but it was like, like, oh, thank God, now I'm done. I can uninstall this and never play it again. And then I also got the Death of the Outsider DLC because I'm an idiot, and I started playing it. I was like, yeah, I, I'm an idiot. I, I, fuck this. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I started the first game... And I just couldn't get into it. Maybe it was just open world game fatigue, but I would just like, I you you get to a point where like, oh, here are the eighty different ways you can try to accomplish that, and I was like, yeah, but I just don't want to do any of those. Right. And so I just yeah. stopped playing it. It's neat so. the first time, and then it overstays yeah. its welcome. Uh, it, it had a lot of cool ideas, but it just it didn't yeah. grab me. 
Yeah, and I don't, like I don't know that it necessarily told the story in an interesting way either. Like they did, they tried to do a lot of emergent storytelling, and then also like a lot of notes and like audio diary stuff. Right. And it was right. kind of at a time where I was kind of fatigued with that type that of storytelling, kind of and I have yeah. maintained being fatigued with that. So yeah, I'm just like not up for more of it. I'm sure plenty of people are, and it seems like it's well executed on like whatever they're going for. But I just like I I, bleh, I don't care. Um. <laughs> I got World War Z on the Epic Games launcher. Uh, it's just what is that game? Third person, Left for Dead, but That's it's World War Z, so it's all about the huge right. hordes. Okay. okay, I will. Their horde tech is really cool. Huh. That's the thing for the game, like about the game. It also has like we're Left for Dead. You're like relentlessly trying to get through these levels, just like a sprint right. to the end kind of thing. This is more like a sprint to the next area and then. They give you some tools to set up defenses, and then you fend off hordes. Okay, so it's and, kind of a mix, yes. Left for Dead and a horde mode. Yeah, and they have like okay. all the special zombies that do the thing that I've yep. complained about before, where yep. like since I play by myself, there's a enemy that like jumps on you, and hey, I can't play anymore because this thing's right. on me, and now it's up you to just the AI die. to shoot it off, and the yeah. AI kind of oh, okay. sucks. Uh, okay. It's like I've you failed do have AI squad mates though. Yes, okay. yeah. There's always four people playing. Um, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's a good one of those. I think it's only like 30 or 35 bucks. So that was like an appropriate price. Um, I played through the whole thing in about eight or nine hours. I was kind of done with it. I played through all the levels. There's like, there's hmm. three or four cities from around the world. And then there's like two or three levels per city. Um, and I kind of played through all of them. Does it have a story, or does each like level have its own story? So each city like, does, and there's a different okay. so, there's a different pool of characters in each city, and I think it's happening mm-hmm. concurrently. Um, are this like the, when you're in the city, there are different levels in each city? Yes, and so that has its like own a, story. Okay, with those particular right. characters, it's totally that, that, fine. And, yeah, that part sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, and there are like actual classes that you're like leveling up and like weapons you're uh-huh. leveling up. So it has some more light RPG elements than like yeah. a Left 4 Dead does. Um, and so you're lock- unlocking new abilities, new passive, active buffs, that kind of stuff. Um, so there's like a little bit more to it. The game looks fine. Um, just the hordes are so cool. Like, literally thousands of zombies on screen at once. And, like, they do the thing in the movie where, like, they climb on top of each other. Right. And so, like, I'm up on this, like, dam. And I have, I've placed a few, like, machine gun turrets and a couple mortars. And so, like, they start flooding in from, like, these, like, overflow sewage pipe things. And it's just, like, this valley below me that's teeming with them. And I'm like launching mortars, blowing them up. And like, they're piling up the sides. I'm like firing a grenade launcher at the base of them. Cause if you shoot out the base, like they all kind of topple and just the Mm -hmm. physics on it's really cool. It looks awesome. It's just a very neat spectacle. Um, that I wish uh, I had people to play with. Not to drudge up game of Thrones again, but game of Thrones does that too. Okay. Like in that, in that white Walker episode, there's a whole like, oh, they're climbing up the wall on top of each other okay. moment. There are several like Helm's Deep like moments of them trying to break down the wall. And I'm just like, I've seen all this shit before. Like nothing interesting or new is happening. Anyway, I don't want to. But there's also that moment, moment in the book, the Mark Lawrence books, <laughs> the second trilogy. <laughs> there's one of those. But the way he writes it is really awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like I, like I'm not saying even the World War Z movie was the first person to right, come up with right. that 
but just again, it's just the idea of like it's not the show's not unique anymore. Right. So that specific moment, I was like, "Well, there's your World War." Like it was so obvious. Yeah. Oy. But like it, it, no it, it creativity. Was, it's cool because that's clearly like they saw that in the movie and they were like, "We need to make a game of this." Yeah. How cool would yeah. that be? And it is very cool, but it's also nice that there are some decent trappings around that as well. It's mm-hmm. not just kind of that. There's like some light RPG mechanics. The game looks nice. It's fun running through the levels. Um, and the like, fact that it does have some kind of story, I yeah. think, is, is, is cool. They do the a class little bit. system. Yeah. It sounds like there's there are definitely ideas there. It wasn't just like a a cash grab for the World War Z license. Right, yeah. I just I wish some of the progression moved a little faster. I feel like they really want you to play a lot of the game, which means like mm-hmm. replaying the levels a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, because I played through the whole game with a single class, and I still didn't have that class anywhere near fully leveled. Like I was only oh, kind of wow. like halfway through the available yeah. stuff. And I don't, I don't know how the levels scale or if it's like a consistent, um, like the same amount of XP for every level or if it scales up, but... I was only like halfway through having played all of the levels by myself. So I kind of wish that moved a little faster because then I would have tried mm-hmm. some other classes. Other classes. Yeah. Because um, there are some that are really neat, like good specialization classes, like medic kind of stuff that are good, more support okay. characters. Or like you can carry more fortification items and yada yada, stuff like that. So um, there's more to it than I thought there would be. Um, I have started... Days Gone on... Speaking of zombie hordes. The PlayStation 4. Right. Um, I have yet to see a zombie horde, so I haven't played it for very long. Mm-hmm. But um, because uh, my wife said that she wants to watch me play, and we just haven't had a lot of time in the house together uh, recently, because my show and then her other show that she was choreographer for, their tech week was the week after my show week. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was... Timing did not line up at all. But she and I should be able to play more of that this week, hopefully. So before next podcast, I should have some more thoughts and feelings on it. Um, I think Deacon is more interesting than I think the trailers and some of the gameplay stuff I've seen led me to believe. So I'm I'm a little more invested in what he has going on. I'm a little more interested to see the things that he does. I feel like Mm -hmm. a couple of his outbursts have been unwarranted. Like, he just kind of gets mad and does mad guy stuff sometimes. Right. But I think it's kind of, like, he has this kind of smoldering, lingering hurt from this thing that happened. And I, I hope they do more with that and kind of flesh that out a bit to contextualize some of these outbursts. But um, I think, in general, it's voice acted really well. A lot of performance capture is really good. The game looks great. And I'm just playing on a launch PS4. Um, sure. Like, not 4K, not HDR game looks great there's a lot more stealth than i thought there was gonna be like moving through the world it's a lot of stealth which i like i enjoy that kind of stuff um that's how i kind of default play games anyways like in skyrim i'm always sneaking going through anywhere so i'm kind of used to it um that just gets boring to like that gets that gets very tired yeah that's what i'm kind of kind of waiting to see is how long is i've heard the game's pretty long so i was like Mm. all right how long is too long for this or are they going to give me things along the way? Like, I finally just kind of got the motorcycle to where, okay, like, I have free access and can roam around the map. And so right. now, like, I don't really have to stealth. I still have to be cognizant of, like, hey, it seems like there might be a lot of freakers over on the hill <laughs> over there. Zomba, zombies. Um, 
there that might mean there's like a horde over there. So maybe I should kind of drive this way, or mm-hmm. maybe I should like get off my bike, sneak around to a, another ridge, and s- make sure I can like go through this place okay. Um, but like part of what the game does is it randomly throws events at you while you're riding around, and one of those events is like a wolf attack. Um, hmm. <laughs> unfortunately for the wolves, it happened to me in a location where I was like by a uh, a river. Um, like a like a flowing creek kind of that went downhill, and I was riding uphill, and there's a little wood bridge that I could go over. Well, the wolves attacked, and I like went across the bridge, and like so one leapt and like missed me because I turned across the bridge, and then another one like came around a boulder on the other side of the bridge, and I was like, dude, I'm on a fucking motorcycle, and I just <laughs> ran him over, and it was just like, <laughs> poof, and the wolf just comes like, poof, like its body like ragdolled. I was like, okay, I'll fucking see you later, I guess. Yeah, like that was real threatening, guys. What did you expect? <laughs> um, but so that was kind of funny. I, I just I hit the crap out of that wolf, just <laughs> like poof, like a sick thud. Um, so that was fun. Um, there is like your bike is always losing durability, like when you bump into stuff. And I will mm-hmm. say the bike is pretty floaty. So I'm mm. finding myself having trouble controlling it at some time. Is there a lot of like uh, pinpoint driving you need to do? It felt it felt more like the bike just gets you from A to Z. Yeah, it's um, but uh, it's uh, the place I'm in right now. There's a lot of like, mountainous terrain, so there's like it, okay. I'm driving on paths, not necessarily right. roads. Sometimes, and those have like uh. pretty close grown trees and stuff next to the path, and the paths wind. Um, and like, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to keep an eye on my mini map so I can see where I'm supposed to drive. And I'm also trying to like look around for traps and it's just, it's really hard to keep track of it, especially when you're going at speed. And then I'm also like, let me check my fuel. Let me check my condition all at the kind of the same time. Um, and that can be a little overwhelming at first. I'm sure I'll get used to it. Uh, but the bike is very floaty. It's, uh, it doesn't feel as responsive as I wish it did. Mm. Um, I wish it felt a little more arcadey. Um, just for right. ease of play, but right. That's and obviously that's not the type of game that they're going for. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm having fun with it so far. It's very satisfying because it's always satisfying in a stealth game when you kill all the enemies and you've never been detected, and you're sure. just, and you're just like, and then there's some kind of line or of dialogue about, all right, that was the last one or something like that. Right. He does that thing, or he's like, all right, now it's time to do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. It's always really satisfying, like taking everyone out as kind of like a ghost, and that seems pretty not hard, not easy to do, but achievable in most situations. Um, they kind of set it up that way. I, it's, I feel like it's very clearly the intended style of play because things can go very bad very quickly. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to playing more. I'm interested to see my first horde. Now that I've played World War Z, I'll, it'll probably right. feel pretty underwhelming. But also, like right. the stakes in this game are so much higher because it's, it is sure. much less arcadey. That I like even a group of like three or four freakers has me like tremendously on edge in a way okay. that feels like Last of Us, where right. the controls are just tight enough that you can pull off things if you're really good and you right. get the timing. They're, they're right. loose enough where there's extra danger. Right. Yeah, and that's how this feels. Um, and the freakers, like, there's enough variation in their animation and the way they move and come to attack you and how, how they adjust to you, like their AI, that it is, it's very, especially in the early game when you're getting used to them, like I am, it's very disconcerting. Even just taking on one freaker is like, all right, I really have to time these melee hits properly 
Um, and like have to, because the way the camera is, it kind of like homes in on enemies. Um, it can be easy to kind of lose track of your surroundings, uh, when, especially when you're meleeing enemies. So like when you go to melee an enemy, you're kind of committing to that enemy and the area right in front of you. And so it's easy to get blindsided by stuff when you do that. So that's why I think stealth is a much more attractive option in most cases because you kind of avoid that and you have a much better sense of the area around you. Um, and I found that stealth works well against both the freakers and the human enemies that you're fighting. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually it's easier against the human enemies because they follow more logic uh, than the freakers sure. do. Uh, the freakers have a lot more randomized elements to yeah, the way they yeah. react to the world and move. Makes sense. So there's always that kind of element of I'm sneaking up on this thing, but it could literally just turn around at any point, and I, I'll have like no way to like I'll just be, I'm I'm a sitting duck, and I'll have mm-hmm. to get into melee range. It'll make a lot of noise, probably alert other ones. So there's always some danger there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I've only played a few hours of it so far, but I like what I've played, and I'm looking forward to playing more. So that's still a more positive response than like I've seen it from a lot of the reviews. Like a lot of yeah. reviews, even at best, are pretty me- mediocre, and like the general response seems to be fairly tepid. Like, yes, the game functions, but it isn't doing anything all that interesting. So yeah, I'm glad to hear that at least in the early going, there's enough there's there promise that's making of you want to keep trying. Like whether yeah. or not they deliver on it, I have no idea. Right. But there's a promise right. of something greater, and like you're also like. Um, getting skills and stuff that you can spec into and you're like leveling up with these different factions and all that and so like that stuff could go interesting directions or it could be a big old flop like I sure there's no way to tell um, this early on so we'll just have to see but I think that's cool. everything for me just playing more Elder Scrolls Blades more Stardew and more Minecraft so you got any uh, chests to open during the podcast no, no, not right now. Plates. I need to play tonight because I'm out of chests. <laughs> Yeehaw. Um, yeah, I haven't been playing a ton, to be honest. I played a little bit more Fallout 4, and I came across some other quest bugs that weren't like letting me progress, and so Ooh. I kind of fell off of it. And instead, um, this past weekend, I was here. I had Penny most of the day, and Kelly was like out running errands and stuff. And I was like, I need something that I'm not going to get invested in, that I can just play casually, and I can't start a new show because I'll have to pay attention, and I'm kind of you know, burnt out of watching Seinfeld for four hours this morning. So I booted up Skyrim and uh, on PS4. I have the special edition on my PS4 Pro, and yeah. I wanted to do some mods. I was pretty underwhelmed with the available mods, to be honest. There was even less kind of variety than the fallout 4 which is already significantly less on playstation than it is on xbox and certainly less on than on pc because i played a modded skyrim let's play on in my youtube channel on um, pc had like 100 episodes i played a shit ton of mods on yeah that, a pc version so going to ps4 and having like not very many options was a bit of a bummer but just like something to make it a little bit different so i had um multiple followers mod which is you know it, that is a core mod that you always need to have so you can have multiple folks as well as a mod that makes all the followers essential so lydia won't accidentally die when oh, they cast a fireball spell that's good uh yes it's very good and then i added um some like expanded craftable armors because on playstation 4 they can't do anything with 
uh, non-vanilla textures. Right. There's no like new armor or new weapons that look totally different, but it added craftability to like unique stuff. So like I can craft General Tullius's armor, that kind of thing where you, you can't normally access that stuff in the vanilla game. That's cool. So I haven't played around with that yet because I'm still very early. I've like wandered around win- uh, Whiterun and gotten the Whiterun quests. That's about as far as I've gotten thus far. Um, I'm like level 9 or 10, I think. I am playing a female Breton uh, battle mage. And so, to your point about you always default into stealth stuff, likewise, I always end up playing a stealth archer, light armor guy. Right. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing something as different as possible. I had some mods that I added that uh, were additional magic mods, which I haven't been able to get yet. I think a lot of them like don't unlock until like level 15 or something. You can start buying books. I think one of them is directly related to the College of Winterhold that it kicks off when I when I get there. But uh, that's been fun because I'm like doing heavy armor, one-handed weapon, and spells in the left hand. Okay. So I'm primarily doing destruction magic and alteration magic. So kind of like my loop right now because I have Lydia and Feindall with me, so I don't really need to do any conjuration. I at first was doing conjuration like to summon. Like the spectral wolf guy, Feindall. but I don't need to do that anymore. Is Feindall, Feindall the guy he's... from that uh, that like first forest town you come to with the mill? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, it, there's a storyline there with Sven, with yes. Camilla, whatever, where you can lie. Like that's how, and I always like him because he's he's a wood elf. He's always my dude that I bring into Bleak Falls Barrow, and then he inevitably dies on accident when I'm there. Uh, so that's one of the reasons I liked having this uh, Essential Followers mod. So yeah, I'm running around with Lydia. She's my tank, so I got her sword and shield. And then uh, Feindall, I only, like, I took away all of his weapons except for his bow. So he has, like, a dagger by default, but he'll mostly shoot his bow, which has been fun. And then I'm kind of, like, mixing it up with my heavy armor axe i have an enchanted axe and then primarily like a destruction magic and i when i like entry into battle i cast oak flesh which is the uh, alteration to give myself extra armor yeah so that's kind of like my loop right now and that's been very nice because while i love the stealth archer thing in skyrim i've played hundreds of hours of that style character this is great because i just run in like, I, it's it's from the Adventure Zone. Magnus, Magnus rushes, rushes in. in. <laughs> like, I just rush into combat, cast a couple spells, light dudes on fire, and wail on them. I'm not sneaking around. It doesn't take me 15 minutes to explore a dungeon because I just run in and kill dudes. And so that's been a, a nice differentiation than the past. Um, just a couple other mods that I added. There's a new texture mod, which is like an HD. It's like a, a dumbed-down version of the HD textures mod in uh, on the PC. Where it actually changes the look of some things. And I don't love all of them. But it does make the game look a lot crisper and more colorful. And then there was another mod that I added that um, brightens the greenery. So like in Whiterun, there are trees and bushes and grass and hanging moss everywhere. Like way more than in the vanilla game. And so it just makes everything look that much prettier yeah, all the way around. Yeah, because Whiterun is really um, gray. Yeah. So it, And it's like obviously optimized for ps4 so it doesn't affect frame rate at all which is one of the problems i was having in fallout i installed a greenery mod that added grass everywhere and like more trees and shrubbery and stuff and in certain areas like the game is almost unplayable the frame rate is so bad and i haven't had any issues at least so far knock on wood with skyrim okay um so that's been nice just to like makes the game look it's not like a full-on enb or, or anything but like and i have a new lighting mod where the lighting is a little more harsh 
which like it's a little too dark at night, but uh, and like in caves and stuff. But I can deal with it just because it makes the game just looks a little. It looks different enough than vanilla Skyrim that it makes it feel more fresh to me as someone who's playing like their sixth Skyrim character. Um, and then I added uh, an armor coloring mod, which is still like lore friendly. Like you can't dye your ebony armor bright pink or anything, but they're like faded colors in a way that they still look realistic. So like you can mix and match or like, oh, I have elven armor. I could dye it this like forest green color. Okay. So all, like, again, that just makes it feel a little bit more unique, a little bit different than it was before. Uh, and then once I get to higher levels, I'm going to be playing around there. So there are several mods that are like, really difficult hidden bosses so i'll play around with those once i get to that point but not gonna try to take them on with my steel axe at level 10 (laughs) so that's kind of most of what i've been playing uh just diving back into skyrim okay how about news what say you we talk about news i say yes (laughs) <laughs> thank you i appreciate the permission okay uh you're so allowed not a ton to. of news honestly but uh some um some decently interesting stuff and then a particularly fun story that we'll talk about at the end that's been funny to follow um so there is a report obviously we've heard a lot about the ps5 last episode we talked about mark cerny coming out and giving some spec details there was clarification um this past week uh, I don't remember who came out and said it, but they basically said like, hey, we're not going to see PlayStation 5 in the next year. So it's not going to release fall 2019. It's not going to release spring 2020, which probably makes sense uh, that it would be fall 2020 for this thing to launch. Um, which again is, you know, the fact that Sony's skipping E3, not going to get an announcement at E3. So maybe they would announce it at the end of the year and then give them a, a year long marketing cycle before it launches. Who really knows? Uh, but also as part of this, they announced that the PlayStation 4 is almost to 100 million units sold, which would make it the sixth console ever to sell 100 million units. It is a few million behind the Wii, which I thought I remembered the Wii selling way more, but I guess it just sold really fast and then kind of right. trailed off. But um, uh, PlayStation 2 is up there. The 3DS is up there. No, the DS, rather, is up there. Um, I think this would be the first branded console to have two consoles with plus 100 million if that makes sense so the ps2 and the ps4 both crossing 100 million i think it would be the only family of consoles to have two representatives there so okay well also i guess like uh the wii never had like a better vert like a wii pro there was never a wii pro it was only ever just the wii so i feel like a lot of people upgraded to the ps4 pro and so I think that, those true. count as extra sales, I would imagine, yeah, as well. Yeah, that's true. But most consoles do have multiple versions. Like, if you look at the DS, like, the DS, there was a bunch of different versions. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, that's just kind of a testament more so to the Wii, I think, that, like, sure by itself, it yeah. just sold that many without extra iterations. That's true. And I think the the Wii still is the fastest-selling console. Whatever that initial time period, I think it yeah. still sold the most of, of any Crazy. console ever. And then no one, and then it sat on shelves and collected <laughs> dust yeah. after people got bored in, of Wii Sports. In old folks' homes. Yeah. Uh, so this week, on May 9th, actually, Sony is going to be having a state of play showcase, which is going to be 10 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> but they have said that they are showing off the medieval remastered 
version, which I like that game. It's not an amazing game, but it's a fun thing to revisit. And they also will be showing a new game. No details on what it will be. The fact that this is a 10-minute kind of live-streamed press conference probably means it's not like the next God of War, but uh, it's, it's something. There's a new game that they're going to show. And they said that they will not be talking about a new console. Yeah. So keep an eye out uh, May 9th, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time. I will be driving home during that. So I will watch it after. <laughs> uh, I will be bowling for my wife's birthday. <laughs> That's fun. Um, okay. We've kind of gotten intermittent announcements about e3 details different press conferences when they're happening we kind of done some speculation on what stuff might be so we got details about square enix's e3 press conference yeah honestly a little surprising that they're having one at all they did a f- one for the first time three years ago i think maybe maybe even two years ago but last year uh they had a very short like 35 minute maybe less pre-recorded thing where they did not have much to show or talk about. That's where they announced the uh, the Quiet Man or whatever the hell that game yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I know they talked about uh, they had the whole uh, um, that Tomb Raider. What was the third one? Shadow of the Tomb Raider was that the third one? I don't even sure. remember that game. Kind of sucked. But that's where they showed a little gameplay thing of that, and it looked really rough. But anyway, their little quote unquote press conference last year was not essential. Uh, so it was a little surprising that they're even doing one, but they are. It uh, is Monday, June 10th, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. So again, I will be driving home while it happens. And if, <laughs> if last year's anything to go by, it'll be over before I get home at 6.20. But uh, I just wrote down some stuff of like, I wonder what will be there. Because it's not much. Obviously, Square, they have like third-party relationships where they publish games that like you may never have heard of. It's not like a first-party studio where they have... We have 12 studios that work for us, and so you know there are 12 games that are being worked on. Square Enix being a third-party publisher, they have other deals that happen, so who knows? But the the list that I came up with is quite short. Final Fantasy VII Remake. They did specifically say, you know, a year or so ago that, because it's the same creative director that was on Kingdom Hearts 3 that's on Final Fantasy VII Remake. And so he was like, hey, we're 100% working on Kingdom Hearts. I'll be thinking about Final Fantasy VII after we're done with Kingdom Hearts. Well, they're done with Kingdom Hearts. uh, Hopefully forever. Because, dear lord, that game. But that might make sense to resurface. I don't know if they're even going to be in a position to show. I know it's gone through a bunch of different iterations of that game. Um, I wrote down the Crystal Dynamics Avengers game. Which was announced two years ago, I think. With a little teaser trailer. And it's been complete radio silence since then. Right. But, I mean, you got to figure they would have something by now. Yes. I mean, because Crystal Dynamics, they were not the lead studio on Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Which was very clear because the game was garbage. Uh, they were helping out. But they were primarily focusing on this Avengers project. So, hopefully they have something to show. This is the right time. Given Endgame and Spider-Man right. and all the other stuff. This is the right time to showcase it. And, and, and kind of fully unveil it. Uh, I wrote down a sequel to Nier Automata. Or whatever other game Yoko Taro would be working on post Nier Automata. Uh, if it's a sequel or if it's a new game. But it's been long enough for that. I think that game came out in 2017. So maybe. And then I wrote next Final Fantasy game teaser question mark. Final Fantasy 15 2. 
Oh God! <laughs> no, it's, it's the boy band, but they're actually a boy band, and it, you get to dress them. And based on their clothes, they do have different job classes. There's a uh, Backstreet's <laughs> Back Final Fantasy X two combo joke in there somewhere. I can't yeah. find it yet. I don't. If I knew the characters' names, it'd be easier. I don't even remember the characters' names in Final Fantasy fifteen. That game. Me was... neither terrible the best part of that game was just riding around in the car listening to classic final fantasy music that was the best part of the game guys that game sucked uh yeah but i it, it also it came out in 2015 i think so it's been a really long time whoa Obviously, really i think so 2015 no. i think so no way has it been that long um maybe 2016 um but obviously like a lot of those folks worked on Kingdom Hearts 3. A lot of okay. those folks are working November on... November of 2016. November 29th. Oh, okay. So right well, at the end of 2016. Okay. It hasn't been that long then. But, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. So maybe it's not time yet to talk about the next Final Fantasy. But I'm just trying to fill the time here, guys. Like, I'm just trying to come up with something they have to announce. Because it just doesn't seem like there's very much that Square Enix is working on. So, we shall see uh, in June. But, um... The Avengers game feels like the thing that makes the most sense. Yeah, that would be like the biggest on. thing that's concrete that we know is happening, apart from the Final Fantasy VII remake. But I, well, just, if I really don't believe that's going to be there. If Final that's, Fantasy VII? Yeah. Because like initially yeah, initially they were like, oh, it's going to be episodic. And they're like, well, yeah. man, maybe it's not going to be episodic. And right. then like, they sh- showed gameplay at one point, and like, they haven't shown dick since then. So Yeah. I, I I mean, I've mentioned this before, but I am of the mind that that game is canceled until they actually have a release date for it. Uh, I am not believing that it is actually going to happen. That thing's been development hell for so long. It's like the new... It's the new Final Fantasy thirteen sequel <laughs> <laughs> from just a few years ago. The game that turned into Final Fantasy fifteen, which I guess if you look at it that way, that game should have never come out. Um, <laughs> okay, Nintendo's E3 plans... They're doing some kind of direct whatever. We don't have firm details on their plan or when it's going to happen. But they did say they are... What? Animal Crossing. (laughs) They did say they are not revealing new hardware. So there have been all the reports about new Switch models. Maybe a digital only or a cheaper entry level model. They said no intentions to talk about new models at E3. They did specify that they're not going to talk about it at E3. So maybe they will talk about it after E3. Uh, but it is in also interesting because the assumption was made that these things would come out this holiday. Yeah. And if they're not talking about it now, maybe they'll talk about it after and they just want to avoid that news cycle of getting lost in the shuffle. Right. Uh, and they could still talk about it in July maybe or even a couple of weeks after E3. But um, at this point, that starts to um, put doubt that they would come out this holiday, which would seem like a mistake. But who knows? Yeah. Um, Animal Crossing. Yeah. I mean, it's safe to assume that Nintendo's going to have some presence at E3. They will probably do some sort of direct that's a half hour long. I'm sure they will show Animal Crossing. I'm sure they will show more Pokemon. But we don't know any details about that. We'll speculate. Probably next episode of the podcast. Yeah. uh, We'll have details where we can speculate. Because it's already May. Um, Yeah, dude. E3 is in like five weeks? Yeah. I I just looked at the calendar. So episode 50... Mm-hmm. will be the next episode mm-hmm. and the episode after that is the weekend before e3 
Okay. So 51 so can... should be pre-3 estimate. As, yeah. As, 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 so look, uh, look forward. Look forward to episode 51 words. for our E3 predictions. And yeah. then episode 52 for a full breakdown of all the E3 stuff. Which both of those will be slightly less exciting than they have in the past. Because Sony's not going to be there. EA is not having as big of a presence. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. It E3 is a bummer. E3 is changing. Uh, but it is what it is. Times times change. We just have to adapt. Or die, as they say. I'm going to die. Okay. There was a huge Borderlands 3 stream, which I watched all of. Well, I should say I watched all of the gameplay section of it. Same. I did not watch the hour pre-show of Greg Miller being annoying. No, thanks. Or the 45-minute post-show of Greg Miller being annoying. No, thanks. Um, it's weird, dude. I used to love Greg Miller on I IGN. know you did. I feel like his personality changed after he left IGN. Or maybe I just matured. <laughs> I think the second. Regardless. You have a kid um, now. Greg Miller's not funny anymore. Yeah. There was a shit ton of stuff in that stream. I was actually, like, I was surprised how much detail and granularity they were showcasing. It makes sense because the game isn't doing a ton of new stuff. It's kind of right. more Borderlands. And then they're just doing, like, a lot of quality of life changes. Yeah, which I and, feel like, like is what iterations. people... That's what people say they want. Yes. that it, so, It's what I want. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I feel like I know enough about my gaming sensibilities to say that I think that's what I want. Especially mm-hmm. after playing the first Borderlands with you, mm-hmm. like, for however many hours we did. Like, two. Yeah, like an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm super ready for more Borderlands, but I, it's hard to go back. I'm like... Particularly the first game. I yeah. can go back to the second game, but it's it had been such a long time since I played the first one, I forgot how stripped down it was compared to the right. second game. Yeah. I love the second game. It's one of my favorite... It's like a one of my favorite games ever. That game is incredible. I could easily go back and play Borderlands 2. The first one did not age as well. Right. Uh, to be fair, it was a much earlier game, and they were trying a lot of a lot of new stuff. That game was very revolutionary, whereas the second game was not as much. Right. Um, so let's run through a lot of these details here, and I'm gonna hope and pray that people listening to the podcast care about Borderlands because it's a lot of granularity. But we can talk about that stuff and kind of the implications of it. So broadly, um, the visual style is the same, predictably. It doesn't. The game doesn't blow me away. They had a little moment where they're like, oh, let's look at a screenshot of all the high res running on a Radeon whatever graphics card. And then it's like, oh, it's actually the game. And I was like, okay, it's not that impressive because yeah. it doesn't look that good. <laughs> it, and it's it's that cell shaded style doesn't there's lend only, itself as much to visual yeah. fidelity. There's only so far you can go with it. Yeah. Um, I will say it does look better. It is a noticeable improvement. And the level of detail right. compared to Borderlands 2. Well, I think it's going to come down to, like, draw distance and, like, number of particles on screen and that kind yes. of stuff is more I thought the animations looked smoother. Like, yeah. the reloading and pulling out guns and the enemy movement seemed less stilted than it right. has in the past. Um, the actual gameplay demo looked a little framey, framey at times. Got that, too, Like, yeah. some dips, but they're also streaming or playing, it's like a... It's not a final build, so you can expect a little bit of hitches. Yeah. But they are playing on the most powerful graphics card known to man at the time, so take it for what it is. Um, Minimap. There's a new thing, which I don't even... I don't remember them actually 
talking about it, but I think it's new to this game where on the minimap, as you're walking around, it spreads green on the minimap, therefore showing all the areas that you have been versus areas you have not been. Am I wrong in thinking this is new for Borderlands? I feel like that's new. I feel like they would have mentioned it if it was though, but yeah, I don't remember. It could have been in like the pre sequel, whatever Maybe. game. But I don't know. That to me is cool because so much of Borderlands are these little hidden alcoves where you can find a weapon chest. Yeah. And so now it's easy to look at your minimap and see, oh, I haven't been to that corner. And that's just one of those small things that seems like it could be cool. Um the character customization feels pretty much the same. There are emotes now, which Hell is yeah. neat, I guess. Uh, some Shift gameplay... code me some emotes. Yeah. Some uh, gameplay stuff that they showed early on. You can slide, which looks and feels good. Yeah. Um, the jump seems a little bit better. You can jump a little higher, it feels like. Maybe that's just like the... It's a little floatier. But the you can also mantle, which is a big thing. So that yeah. you don't get stuck trying to jump up a wall and can't get there. You can mantle up stuff. Right. It just seems like the game in general... Because Borderlands has always been a little stiff. Yes. It feels like it moves a lot more gracefully. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, they showed off alternate fire modes, which is not across so all cool. guns. But some guns have a secondary fire mode, which is is really cool. They gave some examples. Like, the one that they showed was a pistol that shoots regular bullets. And then it's secondary fire, it shoots kind of like rockets. So, yeah. sweet. But they showed other or talked about other examples of like, oh, a gun might have one mode ice rounds, one mode fire rounds, or one that is a mini gun and also a shotgun. So it seems like there's a lot of different combinations that are possible, and I'm sure yeah. the higher level gear will have cooler variations of this. And again, that's just something that like it's it's a logical iteration of the style of game that keeps things feel feeling fresh and it keeps the guns feeling new and unique yeah. obviously in that first trailer they showed off the guns with legs and so they should they showed that in the actual gameplay awesome. demo and it's it's hilarious awesome. and adorable i want i love it i want them to be my friend like i want a whole party of people around. just using those tdr weapons <laughs> yeah oh. um there's a new cover system where you can shoot through cover and it's degrading cover which is cool uh, you there's a new thing where when you look at a gun, you can more easily compare stats to what you're currently holding, which is just, again, a huge quality of life improvement yeah. to see the greens and the reds. And there are more stats, too, than, than they've had in the past, just to further differentiate each gun from, from all the other billions of guns. Um, exploding barrels, which have been a huge part of Borderlands for a while. You can now punch them. And, like, you hit them towards an enemy and make it explode, which is pretty neat. Uh, the character classes, the upgrade trees are now split into three, where there are three unique supers for each class. Yeah. Um, just a, a little bit more customization options. They showed two classes. They showed Amara, which is the siren character, and what was the other dude? I thought I wrote it down, but I'm not seeing it here. The guy that is um, the techie guy. Shit, what was his name? Whatever, it doesn't matter. But uh, Amara, who's the siren, so she has the same power that Maya does, where you can kind of trap an enemy in a globe and shoot at him. A similar power to what um, the first chick had, the redhead, the fire 
Firehawk yeah. chick where she kind of goes invisible-ish. And then the new power is like a ground pound slam that looks pretty badass. And then the techie guy, whose name I cannot think of right now, he has more weird power. So he has like a drone. He has a thing where he makes a copy of himself that shoots yeah. that he can also teleport to, which yeah. seems weird. Um, I don't remember his third one, but then he has, he has the unique ability to, he can have two powers so he can use two different ones at the same time instead of just having to pick one. Right. I think he also had a shield. I think you are correct. Yes. Yes. There was a shield that the soldier class. um, Yeah. That you can like shoot through. Right. Yeah. That's, that's true. Um, okay. What else we got here? Um, oh, um, instance loot. So yeah, this, this is, is a big, big thing. This yeah. is something that people have been requesting for and a while. And it's optional. Yes. Where in it, um, and this is, I guess, instanced gaming, like co-op uh, period, where like if Kyle is level 25 and I am level 5, we can play in the same game and all of the loot and all of the enemies will be uniquely leveled for each of us. So, like, I will be doing damage as if the enemy is level 5, and Kyle will be doing damage as if the enemy is level 25 simultaneously. So, it's not like he's coming into my game and being really overpowered, and I'm not going into his game and dying instantly. Everything is uniquely leveled to fit my specific instance. Right. And again, that's optional. Yes. So, if you want a power fantasy where you hop into your friend's game and mow things down, you can still do that if you want. This just seems way like a way better way to play. Yeah. Particularly for people like us, where like it's much harder for us to find time to play together. Yeah. But because we can't play together, then I'm like, well, I can't play because I don't want to get too far ahead of you. Where now I can go play or you can go play. And maybe we'll have to replay a mission, but it doesn't matter. If you level up a couple levels ahead of me, who really cares? So that's pretty right. sweet. Specific to the loot, the loot's also leveled uniquely, but also you don't have to fight over loot anymore. So, like, I can have loot to, like, if I open a weapons chest and there's four guns, there are four guns in my game, there are four guns in Kyle's game, we don't steal guns from each other, no haggling over who gets what, you can just take the weapons yourself. Just like with the leveling, that's optional, if you want to have a fight over guns, you can certainly do it that way. Uh, but as brothers who spent years of our lives beating the shit out of each other, the fewer <laughs> amount of fights that we need to have, the better. <laughs> um, they showed off the Sanctuary 3, which is your ship. It's like a hub area because you actually go between different planets in this game, which is another big change. I It seemed kind of overwhelming, to be honest. The, the ship just seems huge, and there are tons of characters and different places to go, and it just seems like a lot of running back and forth between rooms. Yeah, and there's I like a lot love. of, like, sh- they said there's like a lot of shortcuts you can discover to like yeah. move through the ship faster. and Yeah. Um, it just seems like a lot going on in the ship, but it is kind of your hub area where you come to talk to the NPCs and just hang out. You have a room that you can customize a little bit. Uh, so that's, that's a neat potential change or addition to the game um they said there are more boss fights than ever before which is cool and more like interactive boss fights where it's not like a big tank enemy just stands there until you shoot the shit out of them like there's a little bit more gameplay involved in some of the boss fights some strategies i guess um and just looking at the actual game itself just seems to be a lot more visual diversity so in both the previous games like it's this desert planet where there's like occasional sort of jungle but it's like a desert jungle there's like a sort of volcano but it's like a desert volcano everything felt sort of desert themed very barren 
And in this, the screenshot shots they showed, and then they showed a level that was like in a city on a planet. Just a lot more visual diversity uh, happening. Just right. to keep, you know, it, it seems a lot more interesting visually. Um, what else we got here? More NPC squad mates. So a couple times in previous games, they would have like, oh, the sniper dude is with you during this one mission where he provides cover for you. They just said there are a lot more instances where NPC story characters will be with you shooting shit. Yeah, and that's uh, fun. Which seems fun. Yeah. Um, The writing, I could take or leave some of it. Like, especially the early on where they showed the claptrap stuff, a lot of that was a little like, ugh, Yeah, and it didn't help that Randy Pitchford was like, these are the jokes. Yeah. He His, literally uh, Ra- said, these are the jokes. Randy Pitchford doesn't help most things. True. <laughs> uh, but, but that's besides the fact. <laughs> Some of the other stuff I thought was funny. There was one moment where you're fighting enemies and you like kill a guy. And as he's dying, he goes, my chili recipe dies with me. Like little <laughs> moments like that I yeah. think are pretty funny still. Um, there was a early on when Claptrap is like sneaking around and he's kind of doing his own sneaky theme song that reminded me of Kronk from Emperor's New Groove, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. There's a moment in the beginning where like you get your whatever um, mechanical manual pad thing and it like brings up the end user license agreement. Like little stuff like that I think is funny. And you know I'm going to read that whole thing. I got to know what I'm signing. They showed the a little bit more of the actual villains, primarily like the female villain, who the writing wasn't awesome and the voice acting didn't seem awesome for her like she just didn't seem that interesting but she's a live streamer like she's a gamer live streamer of killing things which that was pretty funny to make your villain a live streamer yeah uh, so i i got some good kicks out of that because live streaming is just that that whole community is just the worst um i'm interested because they did not show any car combat which in the initial launch trailer they showed a lot of little snippets of it. So yeah. it seemed like they were like there are new types of cars and vehicles and stuff. It seemed like they're leaning a little bit more heavily into that and yet they didn't show any of it here. And maybe we'll see more as time goes on, but I just thought that was interesting that they didn't show any of that because yeah. that was something that like was always had potential in previous Borderlands games but never felt really fully fleshed out. So yeah. I'm curious to see more and see if it the the um the movement in vehicles never felt great so right. i hope they are better at that i guess is my point and then after the stream there are two things that came out one game informer had an article about twitch stream interactivity which again is ironic given that the villain is a twitch streamer uh you can link your shift account to twitch and during that, with that, you can log in, and if you are watching someone live streaming the game, you can log into their character profile and look at like their guns that they're using, all the uh, customizations they have on their character, that sort of thing. And the the core problem that they were solving was like no more questions in the chat of like show us your loadout because you can actually go in and look at the loadout. So that just seemed like that's just a good idea to yeah. to, to add that. They also added a thing where, which I guess is live already, which I don't know how people are going to use it, but there are special chests where a viewer viewers get a limited time to opt in to potentially get an item from the chest. And then one person is selected and they get to pick one of the weapons that the uh, person playing the game picks from the chest. And that weapon gets added to your shift account that you can go and claim after. 
So again, just kind of driving people to watch more live streamers, which seems like something that would happen before the end of the world. Everyone just sitting in front of their computer watching other people play video games. Um, And then there's a not-as-fun story that came out of this, where on the stage, Randy Pitchford said in bold words, no microtransactions. And then there actually are microtransactions. They're cosmetic, but still, they're microtransactions. There are not loot boxes, so no, like, randomized gear that you are getting. But you can buy, like, customization things for your character. So, he got all mad because he said... Uh, news outlets were trying to make him look bad by saying that he lied. But, like, he, he literally did, though. He said there were no microtransactions, and there are. So I don't know how people are lying by reporting that he said there were no microtransactions. Yeah, all he had are. to do all he had to do was, like, <laughs> that's not really what I meant I, to say. Yeah, I like, misspoke th- or whatever. Yeah, like, there was a second part of that statement that I left off in the moment. And yeah. that was my bad. I'm sorry. But instead, that's he lashed out and blamed other people. So yeah, that's which not, sucks. Not a not a great look. Uh, but yeah, so that's Borderlands. Like I said, it's a lot of like small iteration stuff, but they all seem very smart. They seem yeah. like they clearly sat down and said, "Okay, we know what is core to Borderlands. How can we improve the Borderlands experience?" And it seems like they're doing several things to do that, and that's yeah. exciting. I'm not convinced that a Borderlands four. With this is enough, if they were to make a Borderlands 4, they would need to do something more. But it's been... I mean, Borderlands 2 came out in 2013? 2012. It came out in 2012. So it's been a minute. So this is enough for right now. More Borderlands is enough. I guess I'm I'm leaving out the pre-sequel. Nobody counts that. It should be left out. (laughs) (laughs) That game sucked. Um, Okay. Let me hand it off to you. I need to drink some water. So tell me about... We got a little bit of Star Wars news. Yeah, sure. Um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is going to be at EA Play. So EA Play, um, and that's interesting because the Game Informer article says that EA Play starts on June 7th, but the website says it starts on the 8th. It's just the 8th and 9th. So I don't know. Maybe they're doing like a little stream presentation on the 7th, and then it actually mm. like the it opens for the public 8th and 9th. That's but, probably uh, true. The but this Fallen is in Order. advance of E3. That's right. kind of the key thing that they're doing. Right. So the Fallen Order gameplay will be at EA Play. Um, Which is exciting. I mean, we assumed that it would be at E3. It's the only thing that made sense. But at least we have confirmation now that at E3 it will no longer be just the cinematic trailer. We're actually going to see the game in action and we can make early judgments on do we think it looks cool or not. <laughs> yeah. I just like I, As soon as I kind of heard what it was... Which is just kind of like Force Unleashed. I kind of lost most interest in it. I don't we'll know, see. dude. We'll even, see. even when it was Star Wars 1313, you weren't interested? I was, because it, it looked like it was going to play more like a uh, an Uncharted game. Which makes sense, because Amy oh, Hennig... I, see. I, I I was thinking more like third-person Uncharted I see. with like Underworld tones like cd back alley kind of stuff like cover-based third person shooter combat right and i was kind of down for that with maybe some light stealth mechanics and stuff like that i was okay with that but this seems like more force unleashed arcadey big bombast running around a lot of movement which i'm not super interested in um yeah but like uh, we'll see it we'll see that in the gameplay maybe there's a little bit of both um Um, yeah so epic 
has acquired uh, Psionics. Uh, and Psionics are the people behind Rocket League. So they've kind of come out and said that nothing's going to change with Rocket League uh, in the short term. Uh, don't know about the long term. Um, <laughs> they did say the game will eventually come to the Epic Game Store. Um, it'll still be supported on Steam, so all the updates and all the content that gets released on the Epic Game Store will still be released on Steam. Um, there's a little weird thing with this, though, because Epic has been getting a lot of backlash about their exclusivity deals, which, like, I don't know, feel how you no. want about that. They are not getting backlash about their exclusivity deals. They are getting backlash because people are mad that they need to open a new launcher. Let's be clear about this. The exclusivity yes. deals have yes. nothing to do with it. Yeah. I mean, it's the same reason why people get mad when there's an exclusive Xbox game and they own a yes. PS4. Yes. They have to do a new thing to get it. But it isn't even like that. I know. With the it's not even that for, much. Yeah. I know with it's the not PS4 versus Xbox, you have to buy a it's console. Free. It's a free no, icon that you have to click. Yeah, nothing is changing except you have to open up a new store. And yeah. their deals, to, because the reason they're getting these exclusivity deals is because the revenue share is more in favor of the developer and the publisher than yes. it is Epic. Like, people are the fucking worst. Yeah. Like, like this mild inconvenience means I'm going to go change my review of Rocket League to zero stars. Yeah. Even though I already own the game. Like, literally nothing about the way I interact with the game is going to change. I bought it through Steam, so I can keep playing it through Steam. It's all tracked through Steam. All my achievements are through Steam. It's still going to be supported through Steam. But now other people can buy it on a different store. So fuck you, Psionics. That is the legitimate logic of hundreds of people out there. What kind of fucking morons are these people? I think you answer the question. They're fucking morons. <laughs> like gamers um, are the absolute worst. Yeah. They are they top ten worst communities on the internet. Dredges of well, society. You know, and we're part of it. I, I would I Proud would say neo Nazis are higher up. Um PETA is higher up. But still, gamers, top 10, top 10 worst communities. Yeah. It's stupid. It's not good. Um, Yeah. So, Rocket League, come to the Epic Games Store, still be supported on Steam. So the world is ending. So don't go shit Rocket yourself Rocket League about is it. coming to the Epic Games Store. Um, Idiots. So, at first, they had said that it was not going to be available for purchase on Steam after it went live on the Epic Games Store, but they've walked that back. Yes. Um, to some degree, they're kind of no commenting it right now, right, but right. they kind of halfway walk that back. So we'll see. Um, the acquisition guess, also seems. I, I have to imagine that eventually it will not be available on Steam. That's the yeah. whole reason they like, and obviously, like they said, they'll continue to support it through patches and stuff, and maybe like DLC content. I don't even know, but it would it would make sense to me that. They would stop selling it there. That's kind well, of if the they make point. more money selling it on the Epic Game Store. Why would they also offer it on another platform? Well, it's not even up to Psionics at that point. Like they're now owned by Epic. Like right. they don't get to. They don't get to oh, make that's that true. call regardless. Right. So, um, but it's just like the acquisition seems to be more about using Psionics expertise and building like an esports following because right. they clearly did that very effectively with Rocket League. Yeah, um, it's very grassroots. Kind of yeah. like they built their own esports community, and Epic obviously they have Fortnite, and right. that's the biggest game on the planet, and so they want to build an esports community around Fortnite. 
organically amongst the Twitch streamers, etc. People that play it quote unquote professionally. So I, I think part of the acquisition is it's not just about Rocket League. Like it's do- definitely not about Rocket League. It's about Psionics, the folks there and their expertise and their the way that they were able to build an esports community around the game makes sense for why Epic might be interested in them. Yeah. Added value, I guess. All right. Final piece. This is the fun part of it. Ugh. So we got a first full trailer for the Sonic movie. We sure did. It and man, looks, does he like to go fast. Let's see. I wrote, it just looks so unbelievably terrible, <laughs> is what I wrote in the notes here. Yeah. Um. So Ben Schwartz, Jean Ralphio from Parks and Rec, who I love, he plays Sonic. The voice acting sounds really bad. Yeah. And it might just be his the quality of his voice not fitting the character, but something about it is not not doing it for me. The writing is painful. Jim Carrey, who is my favorite actor of all time, seems like he doesn't give a shit. Like no effort. Why would you? I guess. But then why take the gig? He just doesn't. Like, he is not a person that t- takes it because he's going to get a check. Like, he does projects because he thinks they're fun. That's been his whole career. Yeah, so I it guess. just seems surprising. Like, it doesn't it doesn't feel like he's making a character. It just feels like he's just, like, doing a different shtick in each scene. And there's no consistency across the board. It just looks really terrible. Um, and then shortly after the trailer came out... <laughs> uh, and people were, obviously, lambasting the design of Sonic. Which we talked about several episodes it's ago. It's a horror show. Because it leaked that design you know, firm, it leaked new Sonic design, and everyone was like, there is no fucking way this can be real, because holy shit, this <laughs> yeah. is awful. This, this is a horror a show. And guess what? It was real. That is actually what he looked like. And it's, it is so terrible. But the director came out uh, afterwards on Twitter and said, quote, Thank you for the support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. Hashtag Sonic movie. Hashtag gotta fix fast. See, he made a joke about it, so you know he's taking it seriously. Um, My thing is, this design went through dozens of approvals. Dozens. And at the end of the day, every single person involved in that process went... I'm good with this. So the fact that they are now going back and are going to change the design of the character means nothing to me. Because if this was their number one option, I don't know that I want to see the other options that they would come up with. <laughs> so everybody being like, okay, they're listening to us. I not, I, I don't even want, I don't want, no. I am not confident at all that they are going to fix this in the way that it should be fixed. And maybe they will. Maybe they'll make him look like the actual character from the games, and he'll have the connected eyes, the more like sharper, more angular features in the face. He won't have the creepy, like almost disconnected human stick hands. legs. Yeah, the human hands. Uh, yeah. So maybe they will fix all of it, like and it'll veiny, look awesome. Veiny <laughs> hands. <laughs> 
the 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 core problem though is changing changing the design of the character does not fix any of the other issues right. that I had with the trailer. Just the awful writing, the bad voice acting, the Jim Carrey Doctor Robotnik character. So making him look better maybe isn't going to suddenly turn this movie around. Uh, but I'm sure from their perspective, they're saying, hey, if we if we fix the way the character looks, more people will come see it. They did some kind of cost-benefit analysis, and somewhere the chart, the graph hit the X, and they were like, okay, hit the panic button, <laughs> change the design <laughs> of him. I don't know, make him green, who knows, do something. Uh, so, yeah, it looks so terrible. This movie looks so terrible. I wonder how <sighs> bad the criticism has to get for them to insert Big the Cat. <laughs> I'm waiting for, like, I wonder what Knuckles would look like based upon yeah. this. The, Shadow this comes in with his hand gun <laughs> that he has because Shadow has a gun. Right. Right. And he just shoots Sonic in the face. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the camp that I don't firmly believe, but I suspect that if you really go back and look at those original quote-unquote classic Sonic games, you would realize there has never been a good Sonic game. Oh, no, duh. Those I liked old Sonic games are bad. I liked it as a kid. But I, I'm not convinced that it was good. No. <laughs> and we certainly know that all of the recent, like all, every Sonic game from the past decade has been complete trash. Yeah. So hey, this like Sonic Adventure for the 2 character. Battle, you had to uh, painfully work your way through the game, but the, that Chow Garden was A-OK. Awesome. That's the only Sonic thing I can put my stamp of approval on. <laughs> is their poor attempt at making Pokemon. <laughs> awesome. Sounds like exactly where that series should go. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to do it. That's all the news we got. No hate of the week. I'm kind of done with... I mean, I'm maybe... I don't want to say. I'm sure there will be weeks where I feel the need. But just like little moments. Like... Yeah, let's call it let's Sonic. Sonic's hate of the week this week. I don't have the passion to do a whole rant about something that I hate. You got that out in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Where you like you you've taken hate of the week to a whole other level where you hate an entire race of people. It's not true. <laughs> no, we're not going into that. It is not true. I made a joke. I we yes. let's not continue talking about true. it. That's not true. That's not the takeaway. <laughs> Please don't send You emails. hate the people that did the stuff in the theater. Yes. That, those specific human beings. And they're monster children, apparently. Yeah. But something we don't hate. That's something we can all get behind. And right. I don't hate getting nostalgia with Skyrim. Even though I'm experiencing it in a slightly different new way. I mean, it's one of my favorite games of all time. And I can't get sick of it. And so playing through it in a way I haven't played through it before is just allowing me a whole new perspective on one of the greatest games ever made. It's a heck of a game. It is. And I don't hate that as of today, I only have 13 days of work left before the summer. Yeah, buddy. And no, I mean, so excited. I know you're bummed because the show is over because it was fun, but like, that's a huge weight off your shoulders that you don't have to worry about yeah, now. I just come home now. I go to right. work and I just come home. Must be nice. It's I mean, crazy. I guess that's what I do too, but when I come home, I am a father. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like I come home and chill. Right. But yeah, that's good. That's fun. You have time for stuff. And I don't know what to do. You'll find it. You'll I will. find something. I wish there were more games coming out, dude. I like, know. the only game this month is Rage 2 Rage. that I care about. So I'm just going to be playing some Skyrim. And and I'm like, oh, I, I, it's not like Metro Exodus and Rage 2 are similar in, in like, the um, style. But aesthetically, gameplay, they're a little similar. Setting... So I'm I'm yeah. I can't play both of those simultaneously. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna continue to hold off on Metro. I'll play it at the end of the year probably because I want to play Rage when it comes out because I'm I'm more interested. So just gonna be playing Skyrim until then, I guess. I need to go pick up Ape Out, that Switch game I talked about last episode because right. I really want to check that out. It's like a hot, Hotline Miami, but you're a gorilla, which sounds a okay. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll say before we wrap. No emails this week. Thanks again to Steve, uh, last episode, for writing in. If you have something, you have a topic you want us to discuss, you have any disagreements, hey, if you're a big Game of Thrones fan, if you're loving what's happening on the show, write in to info at shehateseverything.com so that I can print off your email and then throw it in the trash. Because I can't throw it digitally in the trash. I mean, I guess I could like hit the trash icon, but that's yeah. not nearly as that's like not as like now that we have cell phones, you can't slam a phone anymore. Like that tactile right. nature is gone. So I'll, I'll get analog on your ass. I'll print off your email, crumple it up on air, and just toss it toss it in the dump. Um, but also, I'm not big on like asking people to do stuff in support of the podcast, but I'm gonna right now. Leave us a review on iTunes. We've got some reviews on there. One of them may or may not have been by me <laughs> when, when we launched the podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but leave us a review. And obviously, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. We're now on else. Podcoin. We're we got, sure. We got yes, approved. you're right. We, we got approved. I have not checked out the page yet, but we're on PodCoin, where you can get paid to listen to podcasts. That's right. So tell your friends. You'll be making more PodCoin. money than we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, but the big message is subscribe. Wherever you are listening, subscribe. Our listener numbers go up and down. Like, they're not consistent. And so that tells me that, because some, some episodes are more than others. And obviously, new listeners, awesome, love to hear it. Uh, but I know people that regularly listen to the podcast are missing some episodes. So if you don't want to miss an episode, particularly because our posting schedule has been shit the past two months. That's my fault. Being, this one was. Last time it wasn't. Actually, was it your fault last time too? When I was on, on paternity leave? No, that was on me. I yeah. just didn't have it. I just didn't have it. I, I wasn't up for it. It was baby stuff. But anyway, if you don't want to miss an episode, even when we miss an episode... <laughs> subscribe and it'll auto download it's a beautiful thing leave us a review please god help us (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna do it i'm gonna go hold my baby girl uh and try to get some sleep peace out i'm not racist